2: all
3: right wednesday hump day middle of the week day we're closer to friday than we were on monday and that's a good thing i'm looking forward to the to the weekend i really am the missus has been out all week she's been down in texas seeing her mother mother's 85 having a few problems so uh you know the wife went down to 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 check things out make things are okay she told me last night mom's doing good for somebody who's eighty five years old so uh we'll just keep an eye on her but uh Linda's gonna go down to Texas about twice a year just to check up and her other sister lives uh down in that uh in the area I'm trying to think of uh Breckenridge is where she lives at, which is about an hour and and a half west, southwest of uh, Dallas-Fort Worth. So anyway, uh, they took off today, uh, went down to, they're meeting my uh, daughter, who lives in San Antonio. She's coming up to Marble Falls. They're going to Marble Falls. It's kind of half and half for them, and they were going to get together, and they were going to have... Uh, I guess, uh, lunch together and see, you know, give a chance for uh, Joy, my wife's uh, mom, to see the grandkids and uh, her great-grandkids. So they're going to take some time to do that. So that'll be fun for for her and uh, get her out of just being in that uh, area that she's living in right now. I got to tell you what. Zach filling in today, Russ is doing some work, transmitter work on the FM and AM that we have, taking care of things, doing stuff that he really didn't know he'd have to be doing, learning on the job, you know, uh, OJT, as we would have said in the Air Force, on the job training. (laughs) you basically go out and learn it on the fly, and that's kind of what he's doing. But he can talk that stuff now. He knows what's going down. He gets out there with the engineer, and they work together doing their thing. So last night, did you uh, watch any of the All-Star game, Zach?
4: I was watching wrestling.
3: Oh, now wait a second. That's... if, if if the patriots had been playing and there had been wrestling which would you have watched of course the patriots oh see what, what you get the best mm-hmm. of everybody out there and you don't even tune in did you did you tune in for 30 seconds nope wow as sure. soon as the
4: wrestling was over i think i either went to sleep or probably got
3: on netflix okay so mm-hmm. what have you been watching on netflix anything uh, voltron
4: Anime show, and oh, uh,
3: yeah. I know that one. Mm-hmm.
4: Luke Cage. Luke Cage, things.
3: you're trying to finish up the season? I am. I haven't even started that or Jessica Jones. That's amazing that oh. I haven't watched either one of them, and I like both of the shows a lot, so, yeah. yeah. And both are good this
4: season, too. Are they both Especially really good? Especially Luke Cage. No, is it really good? Mm-hmm.
3: Okay. So him and the nurse still getting together? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, are, they, are they starting to talk about... Her being superpowered too? No, they're not. Even, because you know, in the in the comics, she is. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah,
4: I didn't want everyone else, but except yeah, for her.
3: Later on in the in the show, if they follow the you know the way that uh, things are written for Luke Cage in the comic okay. from back in the seventies, mm-hmm. um, she is a superhero as well.
4: Had no idea.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they're keeping that one up their sleeve when they got to go to the next uh, storyline that they're going to do. What did you think about uh, uh, Jessica Jones? Because a lot of people complained that it wasn't that good. It, is, is it as good as the first season?
4: I don't think it's as good as the first season, but it's really trying to hit on the point that she still, even though she has these powers and the strength, she's still a human and she wants to live a normal life. Yeah, that's really what she wants to do in this season, particularly. Okay, you know that. To deal with it. Right, because you know the first thing she had to deal with Kilgrave. is she mm-hmm.
3: is he back in it in any way, shape, or form? As far as I've gotten, no. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. And is Luke Cage in it? No. Now, how inter- just- how interesting is that? Because I thought that was one of the most coolest parts of the the first the first season, as well as her sister. Right. I mean, now I-, I like that her sister. Uh, I hope that you know that her sister has superpowers. Really, Trish? Yeah, they have. You know, the one that's on talk radio. Right. Mm-hmm. So they haven't—they haven't even mentioned that yet. As that, far as I've
4: gotten, no powers. Wow, that's really wild. That's kind of
3: interesting. They're—they're going to bring that. They're going to have to bring that out.
4: And plus, you know, this season's also dealing with her past, her family history, and all that—how she got her powers and all that. That's where it goes into this season too.
3: So it's more. It's, you can to talk it? about how she got hooked on alcohol. <laughs> she's a heavy drinker, man. Yes, yeah, she is,
4: and she's a trash talker as well.
3: Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that she really is as well. So I, okay, so I'll watch it, check it out, see how much I like it. Okay. Is she she using her powers very much during the show?
4: Uh, yeah, she is, but it's mostly her detective work.
3: Okay, mm-hmm. all right. They got to watch it. They, they got a fine line with her because. You know, she's got so many head issues going on that uh, they need to deal with those so that they'll have action. Because they could could become, like you're saying, she wants this to be a normal Mm -hmm. human. I mean, she she could do that and never have to use her powers. But if you go back and read the comics, she's always using her powers. Don't want to. But has to. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting to see if they, uh, how they pursue her storyline. I think hers is probably the toughest to write. Okay. You know, so are we hearing anything about uh, the, the big golden hand guy?
4: Iron Fist, I think about, a, I don't know, a few weeks ago, I think there was some article on, I saw on Twitter about um, a possible release date or whatever, but they're working on the show.
3: I mean, they wrote it up. For a second season before any of the others, mm. before the third season of Daredevil, second season of Cage, or second season of Jones, they already knew they were going back to the story of, uh, of Iron Fist. Of Iron Fist yeah. And you
4: can tell with the season one being lackluster, you're like, yeah, you shouldn't have done that. You should have focused more on season one and then worry about season
3: two. Well, they're, they've been writing it for a while. Well, they better get it right. <laughs> you didn't like that first season, did you? Well, no,
4: I didn't like it. Well, I don't think it was as bad as everyone else was perceiving it. I, mean, I liked it. I, I thought it was fine. Yeah, it, it was okay, but it wasn't terrible.
3: Well, the guy's got time. The guy's playing Iron Fist has got time now to learn his martial arts. Yeah. You know, he he should be going to the to the dojo every day for a few <laughs> hours and And getting better at what he's doing. Right. Because some of the fight scenes Mm -hmm. in that first season had some, made made me cry they were so bad.
4: The actor does capture the point that he was basically a 10-year-old kid in a 25-year-old body. So he really does capture that point like, you know, he's naive.
3: That's an understatement.
4: (laughs) But he got that part down. But as far as the martial arts part, yeah, they got to work on it.
3: Because they've got some kind of, you know, that that's a story that's interesting, too, with the hand and all the rest mm-hmm. of it that's in it. Now, you would think after the defenders, we'd all know that the hand's done, but they're not done. I'm no, just going to tell you right now, they're mm-hmm. not done. Right. They're a much bigger organization than exactly. everybody thinks.
4: Mm-hmm. And plus, I loved them and the defenders. Him and Luke Cage, that relationship they had going on. It was good. And even between Jessica Jones and Daredevil, that, oh, was, really that was good, Oh, that was even too. better,
3: to yeah. be honest. Mm-hmm you know she got where she liked daredevil you know i don't know if daredevil ever got where he liked jessica jones because she would tell him to stick it
4: i know because we had the uh, thing over his eyes her uh, i guess a part of her jacket or whatever and she started trash talking
3: yeah yeah she's she's interesting to say the least she to is be honest dark okay so we got to wait to see what's going to happen there you got to I'm just hoping that when Daredevil comes back, have you heard when that season's going to, the third season's going to start? I don't. Because it's going to, you know, Kingpin's going to be back in it
4: big. And he knows his identity too. Yeah, and
3: he knows who he is Mm -hmm. now. You know, so that's going to be, it's going to be very, very interesting. And I hope they start calling him Kingpin all the time.
4: Well, I do like the fact that, you know, they were afraid to call him by his name. That makes sense. Become like this guy. He's kingpin. You know, he's a guy you don't want to mess with. You don't want to betray. Right. So I mean, that first season where he was like a mystery, like who is this guy? And then you had the one Russian who confronted him, and then he saw what he got. He died. He got killed. So you know, I kind of like that guy.
3: Got got stuck in the door. Yes, (laughs) that was it. He he like tripped and fell down, and his head got stuck in the door. (laughs) And kingpin, you know,
4: he's he's fragile himself. And you know, it's like, you know, one moment he could be he just can go off the rails. Another moment he could be, you know, tight lipped, he can be he can know what he's doing and everything, but you know, that Russian guy where he you know, he confronted him and he saw what happened.
3: You don't mess with the Kingpin no, woman. No. Don't be messing with this woman. That's, and so right.
4: that's what I like about, you know, you know, people not calling him by his name.
3: Well, the guy who plays him. Vincent. Yeah, he's yeah. really good. Yes, he he's is. He's excellent. He plays the he plays that part. What was that? That movie he did with was it J Lo that they were in together? They were like in a dream state or something. And, okay, uh, I can't remember. He played mm-hmm. the bad guy. Okay, and uh, he just plays a psychopath really well. <laughs> I mean, when he was doing the, um, the 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 TV show and oh, Law and Order, yeah, mm-hmm. he played that part where he you thought he was going to explode at any moment. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, you really really did. I did. Mm -hmm. All right, it's uh, 19 after two. Let's take a break. When we come back, um, if you're a sports fan, if you're a sports fan and your sports uh, choice is baseball, then uh, perhaps you know what uh, I want to talk about today. Uh, Hatter, the guy the Milwaukee Brewers – uh, reliever, uh, last night had some uh, tweets that came out from back in 2011 and 12. Okay, so we're talking seven, six and seven years ago. How long, if they found something from when you were in junior high, would they punish you for it? When you were an adult, uh, that that's the question here. Because does anybody? Because somebody said something that was, and in this case, ra- uh, you know, blatantly racist and homophobic. Yeah. Um, do you go back that far in some in things that the person has said, and the person that you're working for now that you you? Have been in their baseball organization for about the last five years. Do you do you punish them as though they said this stuff just now? Because that's what's happening to him, and we'll talk about it. Because I think we get a totally, we get people that are just totally overreact to some of this stuff, and and now, and I said all along that uh, the Papa John founder should never have resigned. You remember that. You you were here, and I said I wouldn't have re- resigned when somebody took me out of context if I had said what he had said and it, it would have been my words. That's a different story, but that's not what happened, and I'll bring you up on that, too. When is enough enough? And that's what I want to talk to you about when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show 101. Point one FM, uh, the answer. Don't forget about Aero Plumbing. AeroPlumbing.net is their website. Go there. You'll get all the contact information you need. Know that, you know, um, the man who started Aero Plumbing and took a group of a few plumbers and has built it in now into a major business that does a lot of uh, you know residential work, but does a lot of business work. I mean, they just got done working that I, I know of on one big, big, big uh, job with Walmart. I mean, it was a massive job with Walmart that uh, they had to really sit down and, and think about a few things to get it right, and they did. And Earl uh, Donnelly and his 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 crew got it done. And you know, he's got people that know how to use all this new equipment, ability to burrow under the ground and fix leaks, the ability to go in and, and uh, seal off pipes by injecting uh, this, um, I, don't, I don't know what to call it. It's like a, a fabric It goes into the pipe and then it, it sets and gets hard. And you don't have to dig up the pipe to fix it. You just inject this stuff in it. And uh, they're one of the few people that use it here in central Arkansas. Uh, and they're using it now and being called in other places in the country because they're so good at it. Now, aero plumbing are the real professionals here uh, in central Arkansas when it comes to plumbing. They got the 100% satisfaction uh, guarantee. If you're not 100% satisfied with their service that they've provided, they'll refund all of your money. That's Aeroplumbing, aeroplumbing.net, or just go to Google and Google in Aeroplumbing. All right, so let's start with uh, Hatter here. Uh, Brewer's reliever uh, Josh Hatter answered for a series of offensive tweets From 2011 and 2012 after they surfaced in the wake of his appearance in uh, last night's all-star game i was young immature and stupid adder said there's no excuse for what was said addressing reporters after the national league's eight six ten inning loss at Nationals Park, Hatter said he didn't vividly remember sending the uh, messages which were racist, sexist, and homophobic in nature. Major League Baseball said on Wednesday that uh, Hatter is going to participate in sensitivity training and Major League Baseball's diversity and inclusion initiatives. Quote, it was something that happened when I was 17 years old and I was a child. I was immature and obviously I did some things that were inexcusable. That doesn't reflect on who I am as a person today. Okay, so understand it was during a short time of 2011-2012. We don't know if that means it was December of 2011 up to June of 2012 or when it was. But it was in those areas. The uh, tweets preceded Hatter being drafted by the Orioles in 2012 out of high school in Millersville, Maryland, just 30 minutes from Nationals Park. He rose to prospect status in the Astros and uh, Brewers minor league systems before making it to the majors with Milwaukee last year. I was in high school, he said. We are still learning who we are in high school. You live and you learn. This mistake won't happen again and hasn't happened again. said he learned the messages had surfaced prominently on Twitter when he returned to the clubhouse after his appearance in the eighth inning And my phone was blowing up. An official had summoned him from the National League dugout to alert him to the situation. There's no excuse for what was said, and I'm deeply sorry for what I said and what's going on. Like I said, that doesn't reflect on my beliefs now. The Brewers issued a statement from General Manager David Stearns today. Quote, we have been in contact with Josh He's fully aware of the severity of the situation. Severity. Severity of the situation, something that he had said seven years ago when he was 17. I mean, are they going to go back, back to guys when they're 13 and get at them because of something that they said? Uh, the severity of the situation related to his social media comments, regardless of the timeline. Of his post. And that is what I want to talk about when we come back. Got to get to the news, find out what's happening uh, on the news. And when we come back, let's talk some reality into this situation, shall we? I mean, the social justice warriors out there have got everybody running scared. We'll talk later about this. All right, back with you here on the uh, Wednesday edition of The Dave Ellswick Show. We're going to uh, go where no other talk show will go to. When, they, when you watch the morning sports shows, they're talking all about this. And uh, we're finding fault uh, with uh, Hader, H-A-D-E-R, the Milwaukee Brewers, Josh Hader. And uh, I would just blown it off just to be honest I blow it off except that I guess I look at this totally different than uh, what other a lot of other people are looking at and I'm going to tell you let me share something with you I know for a fact that some of these people that are on television and on radio and are shocked simply shocked that this guy this kid said these things and I call him a kid still he's 24 but I Hey, he as far as I'm concerned at sixty five, he's a kid, all right. I'm um, I remember what I was doing at twenty-four, and uh what he did that you know everybody's getting all their uh, their underwear and their wad about uh was when he was seventeen. And I take exception to what the general manager of the brewer said and I believe he's saying what he's saying only because he doesn't want to get caught in the crossfire. He doesn't want the social justice warriors to have, you know, uh, some way to attack his ball club. So, I think he's got selective outrage here. I'm just going to be honest with you. But listen to what he said. We have been in contact with Josh And he is fully aware of the severity of the situation related to his social media comments. Regardless of the timeline of his posts. So when does people say things at certain ages that are just stupid. They would never say them again. And people read it and go, heck. He's a kid. He was just saying stupid stuff, and uh, his comments are inexcusable. He's taking full responsibility for the consequences of his actions. In no way do these sentiments reflect the views of the Brewers organization or our community. Those of us that have come to know Josh do not believe that these posts are representative of his beliefs. He's been a good teammate and a contributor to the team in every way. We'll continue to work through this issue with Josh as we prepare now to resume games after the break. MLB issued the following statement. During last night's game, we became aware of Mr. Ader's unacceptable social media comments in years past and have since been in communications with the brewers regarding our shared concerns. After the game, Mr. Hatter took the necessary step of expressing remorse for his highly offensive and hurtful language, which fails to represent the values of our game and our expectations for all those who are a part of it, the office of the commissioner is going to require sensitivity training to Mr. Hader and participation in MLB's diversity and inclusion initiatives. Hader was one of five Brewers players in the All-Star Game and his teammates, including Lorenzo Kane and Jeremy Jeffers, both of whom are African-American, were still catching up on the matter when the clubhouse Open to the media. her spent several moments talking to Kane before Kane answered questions. Kane said this He's young. We all say crazy stuff when we're young. That's the reason I don't have social media, things like this. You always get in trouble for things you say when you're younger. We'll move on from it. The situation is what it is. I know him. He's a great guy. He's a great teammate. I'm fine. Everybody's going to be okay. We'll move on from here. At the end of the day, we've all said crazy stuff growing up, even when we were 17, 18 years old. If we could follow each other around with a recorder all day, I'm sure we've all said some dumb stuff. We're going to have to move on from this. asked whether Hayter specifically apologized. Kane said, I didn't ask for an apology. I wanted to understand the situation before I talked to you guys. I heard about the hate comments. That's all I heard. We'll talk more about it once we get on the plane. Another of his teammates, all-star slugger Yehus Aguilar came to the relievers defense with a pair of tweets on Wednesday afternoon in which he highlighted haters uh, capacity to learn from past mistakes. First of all, I want to show my respect to my friend and teammate, Josh Hatter. He made a mistake seven years ago. He admitted, he apologized, and most important, he learned from it. First of all, I want to show my support to my friends and teammate, Josh Hatter. He made a mistake seven years ago. He's admitted it, he apologized, and most important, he learned from it. Regarding accusations of racism, I'm Venezuelan, and with the skin color that I have, can you tell you that it's a lie? Obviously, he's not a racist. He's a great player and a better person, great teammate, and you know it. In the game, a hater took over the for the Rockies shortstop Trevor Story's home run in the bottom of the seventh, and he pulling you in, in uh, National League into a two-two tie. Hader surrendered three runs, one earned, on four hits, including uh, a tie-breaking three-run home run. Hader has a 1.50 ERA and 31 regular season appearances, 89 strikeouts, 48 innings. He's right on pace with uh, Chapman of Reds, 2014. Craig Kimbrell, Braves, 2012 as the only qualified relievers in major league history to strike out more than half of the batters they've faced. Asked whether he was worried about a suspension. Hader said, I just live up to what happened and move from on from it. We all make mistakes. I'm ready for any consequences for what happened seven years ago. So he's got to go into sensitivity training and, uh, he's got to go into brainwash, uh, talk to him, uh, probably sit in a classroom and hear him remind him that anything that he texts or tweets are going to show up sooner or later because, you know, he's a major league ball player. He's a public figure. Uh, there may be, for instance, might be a, some young woman that he's dated once or twice in his lifetime or whatever. that might uh, say thing, things about him. If he said things that, she takes exception to And of course, it doesn't matter. I mean, when you look at, uh, they evidently have the, uh, the tweets. I've not seen them. I haven't gone looking for them. Uh, I'll take the story and take Hatter's uh, quotes that it was things that he wished he hadn't said. I don't need to read them. I can, I can guess. I can guess about how it is. But the bottom line is that I mean how far go when you look at what you've said over time how far are they going to go back that, that's my that's my my whole argument about a lot of this stuff uh, some things that people now say were wrong when it was done it wasn't wrong it was accepted so anyway we'll see how, how this all works out if I was when the Brewers come into Wrigley, if I happen to be lucky enough to get a ticket and go see a game, I can tell you right now, I won't be yelling at him and saying, hey, Hatter, how do you like, uh, you know, this guy or that guy? Oh, you probably don't like him. They're black. You know, that's not the case here. He's been a good teammate and stuff, so move on. Get on with life. You were going to say something, Zach, what were you going to say?
4: I would just say, you know, they'll go back as far as they want. I know there's a Twitter account uh, called Old Tweets Exposed, Uh and they go back years. I mean, because Twitter has been around, what, since 2007 or 8? Whatever. But, you know, they'll go back that far and, you know, recover old tweets. You know, if you made a bad prediction about this or that, they'll go back that far. They will do it. It's crazy. And that's just one account. You know, that's the most you know, famous one though, no tweets exposed. But well, here's so. a,
3: here's what I don't understand. Why does major league baseball mm-hmm. and why do the Brewers even have to get involved in this? Just to save face. That's yeah, all that's, they're that's doing. all they're trying mm-hmm. they're trying to CYA. Yep. That's what they're doing. And and they're doing what they do because the social justice warriors, they don't care. Mm-hmm. They just want to drag somebody through the mud. Yeah. Exactly what they want to do. Well, did you know when he was 17 years old, he called somebody the Q word?
4: Yeah, I do like um, I do like one of his teammates saying that I didn't need a, uh, an apology from him. I didn't ask for one. Yeah. I do like that.
3: You know, I like the one that said, I'm Venezuelan. You probably can figure out what I look like. <laughs> you know? Guy's my friend. Mm-hmm. He's not racist. Right. Amazing. Anyway, I... I He's changed. They, He's yeah, down. they've made this into a much bigger story than what it is. Yeah. But that's the way they do this. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the way they control people. And and think about it. These folks have controlled Major League Baseball right now. Yeah. Because Major League Baseball scared of them. Bottom line. Mm. Now, let me talk about Horton's orthotics and prosthetics. And by the way, my condolences to Gary Horton. He lost his uh, brother over the weekend. His brother passed away. He's 77. And uh looks like I'm, I'm hoping, I uh, was talking uh, with him today, that he's going to have a military burial. Because if you served in the military, I can't think of anything better after I die than to be buried. First of all, be buried with the with the assurances of christ but the other thing is i want to buried and i want an american flag draped over my casket because i love my country i served my country and uh so you know that that's important to me i just know i i got to find my dd form 214 so i can prove and i was in the united states military but anyway uh my my condolences to gary And his in his family Uh, Horton's orthotics and prosthetics, as I've been telling you, are updating their 12th Street facility here in Little Rock. Uh, This is. uh, They went in there in the mid 80s and they moved into a house that had been built in the late eighteen hundreds. And it's just, you know, it's outlived its usefulness now. And they want to build a state-of-the-art facility with the latest technology and prosthetics and orthotics, and so uh, they've started doing that. They tore down part of that house, took out even the foundation, starting from the beginning, from the ground up. Now building uh, a very fantastic location, and uh, you know, now once they get done with it, again they'll be back up to a family business that has six locations providing Arkansans with all of their orthotic and prosthetic needs. New gate rooms going to be added, a large new waiting room, central air and heat. Don't be too hot during the summer or too cold during the winter. And a, a brand new mastectomy area for patients who need that privacy and comfort while they're fitted. Uh, It's all because Horton's prides themselves on uh, what they do for their patients, and they have personal relationships with many of the people uh, that they treat. Remember those six locations with the updated Little Rock facility, North Little Rock, Bryant, Conway, Fort Smith, and Searcy. It's Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics. They're providing a lifetime of support. All right, so now we move on to another story. Both stories are related. This is about uh, you know Papa John's founder John Shatner as uh, a schnat- snatter. I can't remember how to exactly pronounce. It. It's S C H N A T T E R. Resigned as chairman in the wake of yet another racially tinged scandal. Tinged to me means more was made of it than was really there. The company has been scrambling to scrub his face from its pizza boxes and other marketing material. He's even been kicked out of his office at the chain's Louisville, Kentucky headquarters. However, he still remains on the Papa John's board. The board is now trying to kick him off entirely, and in response, he has now said it was a mistake for him to step down as chairman. I just know that he's thinking in the back of his head as people have reacted to the story that was bastardized. I mean, they didn't even tell the true story about what exactly happened. They took it all out of context, and he was saying, well, if he was Clarence Thomas, he'd say this is another example of a high-tech lynching, like he, like uh, Clarence Thomas did when he was confirmed to be uh, a Supreme Court justice. Quote, the board asked me to step down as chairman without apparently doing any investigation. Now, I agreed, though today I believe it was a mistake for me to do so. He said that in a letter to the directors, which was reported on by the Wall Street Journal. I will not allow either my good name or the good name of this company, I found it, and love to be unfairly tainted. His resignation came after it emerged that he had used the N-word and graphically described lynchings on a call with Papa John's marketing agency. The context was reportedly a role-playing session that was precipitated by racist groups' endorsement of the pizza chain in the wake of the CEO's complaint that the NFL League had not resolved the issue of protests over police brutality. That controversy already saw Shatner vacate the role of Papa John's CEO. Think about that. He had had to quit as CEO because he had the audacity to say uh, kneeling uh, during the National Anthem was not the thing to do. And it was causing him to lose business. People weren't buying as many pizzas uh, as they had been. During the football games, he reportedly said in his letter that he had insisted in the call that he was not racist. Okay, now he's talking about his marketing agency now. Quote, I then said something on the order of Colonel Sanders used the word in. And he says, I actually used that word while I was talking about him, that I would never use that word. And Papa John doesn't use that word. And his lawyer said, well, just goes to show he's not going to go quietly. Now, why should he be held accountable for using the N word? I mean, I can't even say if I said it on the air right now, I get a couple of day. I get a couple of days off, maybe a week off without pay. You can't even use the word. I mean, you can't use the word at all, and if you do, you're going to you're going to get punished for it. Although, you know, there's a lot of people who use that same term as a sign of affection for another person. I don't get all of this. It's like there's this jumble jumble upness of uh, people that are. Uh, uh, some people can say it other can't black comedian can say it every other word if he wants to you know he can say the n word and it it's it's okay because he's black but I thought the n word was a word that you nobody should use and then they take something completely out of context. They don't talk about it. they they had a more deeply uh uh explained a contextual look at what uh, the CEO said in that uh, he was mentioning that Colonel Sanders had been a member of the Klan. He had grown up. He had been born in uh, uh, the 1800s, and he had many of the beliefs of the people that were raised at that time. They didn't have any problems serving black people or anything. He just used that word. And uh, see, I'm kind of a Lenny Bruce kind of guy. I just believe that it doesn't matter to me what word somebody uses. The more that word is used, guess what? The less power it has. Uh, and, uh, I, and I do believe that. And if people want to get into a long discussion of that, I can do that with you someday. All right. So when we come back for the second hour of the show, let's talk about what Larry Kudrow had to say. Uh, about the economy john kennedy says he buys trump's clarification of the summit and uh, some other things we'll talk about i've got uh, the president talking about uh and, and you know merkel u.s soldiers should demand should defend montenegro we got a lot of stuff coming your way here on the dave ellswick show 101.1 fm the answer all right, let's get back to uh, the show here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I was just, by the way, I know that you're watching on Facebook and uh, on the Dave Ellswick Show uh, you know, channel, and uh, you see me talking uh, to somebody. Well, I'm talking to Zach. We're talking about, I'm telling him, hey, I'm going to start the show off by playing this this audio cut to kind of give him a heads up so he's a little bit ahead of the curve. But... Then I told him, "Dude, I like that Abraham Abramson uh, uh, trailer that you sent me today called Overlord." And yeah, um, you know, Operation Overlord was the uh, invasion of uh, France to start off, uh, you know, D-Day, and it's some paratroopers, paratroopers coming in to do their part. And I, I thought it was great, guys. One guy says, you know, um, I think he says three months ago, I was cutting grass in the park, and now I'm I'm in this. And then all of a sudden, all kinds of anti-aircraft fire starts coming into the plane. I mean, it, it's a trailer, so you don't know. Did the guy live? I think he does because uh, of who's in the uh, the." the notified in the cast but uh these guys get down on the ground they get into a bunker of some type and there's all kinds of soldiers outside and it's american and nazis so they don't just go running out end up getting shot that way so they're inside and uh, i think there's four of them from uh from some of the, the the comments I picked up, and they find themselves it looks like down in a uh, kind of a secretive laboratory run by the Nazis, and they're doing some kind of experimentation on people. I don't know if they're you know trying to be uh, build uh, super soldiers or 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 what you know their version of uh maybe this this is the place where the red skull was born i don't know i'm just saying okay and uh, it looks like it's going to be a pretty good horror flick it really does i like that they placed it during world war ii and and whatnot and and, then it looks pretty wild so uh supposed to come out i think it's says something like October twenty eighth of this year. It's coming out in October. Yeah, October twenty sixth. Twenty sixth, okay. I bet you that's a Thursday. And I that's probably the weekend before Halloween. I would think that it's the twenty eight twenty sixth would be a Friday, twenty seventh, twenty eighth, twenty ninth, thirtieth, thirty one. It's about Wednesday of the next week. So they wanted to get in before Halloween happened you you want to get a horror movie in just before that happens so uh, know that that's when it's supposed to come take a look uh, in fact I'll I'll have um, I'll send us a, a, a quick text to uh, Elizabeth and have her post that trailer it looks cool
4: actually they changed the release date to November 9th.
3: oh they moved it back to November mm-hmm. and they I mean they got done with shooting it in January. Okay. You would think they'd have it all buffed up and ready to present to the, uh, to the, the fans, but maybe yeah. they ha- they had to do some reshoots or something. Who knows? Anyway, I'm looking forward to it. I just wanted to kind of do it in public matter. Zach does some really cool things that he's not asked to do. He, he knows that how much I like movies. He knows that I talk a lot about movies during my show. And, uh, he sends me trailers and news stories and things of that nature and helps me keeping track of all of that's going on. Now, if, if you're wondering if this is going to work in, into, you know, um, Abramson's whole thing of, of, uh, what, what did he say? Was it was a, does not, I want to say double tree and that's not it. That's a hotel. Uh, that series that he's got going on right now, Zach, he, uh, the last uh, part of it, they released on uh, Netflix. The movie came out on Netflix. Cloverfield? Cloverfield. Mm-hmm. And he said it has nothing to do with Cloverfield. I'm just telling you, after watching the trailer, I think that's a red herring. I think for sure it has something to do with Cloverfield. I mean, it's it's it has something to do with reverse engineering alien technology or something. So we'll be looking forward to seeing what... Uh, what they've done so that will be fun all right so back to serious stuff now um, as you know it's easy for me to get lost down the rabbit hole real fast if I start talking about movies and what's coming up uh, Larry uh, Kudlow uh, was talking about the economic growth that is happening here in the, the United States right now interesting story uh, over the last few weeks they started talking about how people were quitting their jobs because they could go out and get a better paying job now. Before, you know, everybody was just kind of stuck wherever they were at. And in this case, now it's not that way anymore, which means that more people get to start off with better paying jobs on the, the lower rungs of the ladder, but not on the very bottom rung and so you can make your way up. And after hearing yesterday that we were talking about the story about how the restaurants in New York City are starting to take it on the chin and closing down, because we all told you that if they started dictating, the government started dictating to to businesses, and, and I'm talking about uh, not the, the federal government, but I'm talking about you know, city governments, if you want to do business in our city, you'll start off with a livable wage of $15 an hour. And you got New York City doing that, Seattle, San Francisco, and some others. And what? here's what's happened. I predict that one of two things would happen because of that. One, the businesses would close because they couldn't afford to pay what they're being told they have to pay. Uh, Two, they would get rid of a whole bunch of people and only hold the most productive people, and they would pay them the $15 an hour. Well and good, except that the people who get that money are going to be working their butts off. They're going to be doing more than they ever thought, 80 hours a week maybe. And then uh, thirdly, what could happen is that Companies figure out how to use uh, new technologies to do away with uh, different jobs that they have done in, in restaurants. You heard Shelley talking yesterday about how she'd been in the restaurant business for 20 odd years and said, you know, you got to understand there's not a big profit margin in running a restaurant. And when people are making you raise the rates that you got, you have to pay people they either get rid of people or they got to go out of business. If they can't get rid of enough people that they can pay their bills and stuff and make enough money off the business so they can live. So uh, people are leaving the businesses they're at. They're getting into they're buying, going into new things, but the governments of these cities in New York and Seattle and whatever are seeing their businesses go out of business because they can't keep up with this. You're going to see a lot of them change this and get away from Get away from it. But Larry Kudrow says economic growth could top 4% for maybe a couple, two or three quarters. That'd be fantastic. A quarter is about three months for a whole year. And all of us know that not longer than two and a half years ago, they were telling us we'd never see growth over at the max two and a half percent well we're seeing 4% we may see even more than that Gujo doesn't get into it but there's been several articles lately saying 5% growth that's incredible that's going to be a lot of new jobs a lot of people making a whole lot more money be able to buy a new car this is the reason i think trump gets reelected everybody says well oh, look at he did this he did hey if people have more money in their pocket can buy themselves maybe a new car, go on a vacation, their kids are, are enjoying life, you, you move out of the house you own now, you up, able to upscale, they're going to flip the lever for Trump. I'm just telling you. And uh, the Democrats already know that. They're, run, they're the ones that are swimming upstream right now against the current. They really are. Here's Larry Kudrill, Cut one for us. Uh, there's Zach, and he talks about the economic growth we've been having.
2: Thanks, POTUS. Um, for me, it's a great honor. I've known him for a very long time, interviewed him many times on CNBC, on radio. But I kind of look at it, you know, it's not so much a job, it's an honor. Okay. I mean, I served in the White House OMB a long time ago, 35 years plus, plus this is a more senior position um probably jimmy it's the most fun i've ever had if you want to know the truth even though we know uh by your own admission there are various factions within uh,
5: and you have to get the president's attention you have to keep the president's attention what happens if he ends up not agreeing with
2: you um you know you win a few and you lose a few in these jobs like anything else um sometimes you agree with me sometimes we didn't agree you know look um he, I will say this, President Trump has been very open, very accessible to me. I see him quite a bit during the day. Lots of meetings. Sometimes you get an afternoon call, come downstairs and talk about one thing or another. Sometimes you're traveling on the airplane. Um, he's just been great. He's open. And in meetings with uh, five or six or eight, who knows people, uh, he'll go to me. Larry, what do you think? And I tell it's my job to tell and say,
5: Larry, what do you think we're having a big fight with China?
2: Well, you know, it's um, of course, I like that fight with China. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with all the trade tactics. We'll talk about that some. But my point is um, he really enjoys the back and forth to his credit. Uh, I think he's greatly underrated in that respect. He thinks and processes. He loves facts, figures, charts. Uh, He's very attentive. When he disagrees, he'll let you know, and know on certain terms. But, look, on the whole, I mean, obviously I helped draft the tax and economic stuff during the campaign. I mean, we, we agree on almost everything. And where we don't agree, we talk it through. And he's been just wide open and accessible to me, and I, I just love that. And I will say this. The great thing about the national, uh, I mean, I'm an assistant to the president, National Economic Council, we have our fingers in everything. That's what makes this really fun job. Every darn thing under the sun, including stuff uh, about which I know virtually nothing. And I have a Cracker Jack staff uh, to help teach me. So, except for Kudlow and Kramer, Jimmy, this is the most fun I've oh, ever had. Uh, yeah, I want to bring it back to Kudlow and Kramer,
5: why we ended up having such a great time as we're both... Serious optimists, I not mean, I serious, so. rigorous optimists, I so. and I know Larry, you must be thinking the way that Brian Moynihan did the other day when he was on Mad Money. He's talking four percent GDP, yeah, and we're all confused. And you're the you're the economist. How do you have a flat yield curve, four
2: percent GDP, and have so many people who are gloomy? You know, it's interesting about all that. It looks like it's four ish. Um, I don't. I know nothing more than you know right. at this point, informationally. But um, it could be higher. I'd be thrilled if it was three plus, because that was our baseline. Everybody yelled at me uh, during the campaign, after the campaign, when I came into this office. Oh, you'll never get three, you'll never get three, including many dear friends of mine in the Democratic Party, who I respect enormously. We are getting three. And it may be four for a quarter or two. It may be plus, uh, I don't know. But that's all to the good. Um, you know, literally millions more people are working. I mean, I mean, if if you can't, you go into these jobs. What's the key point? The key point, in my judgment. Best way I can help the country is get the economy strong and prosperous. You know, I mean, you've got millennials out there. I'm just going to depart for one second for oh, no, your question, on. then I want to come we're back partners. to your GDP. The oldest? Uh, yes, exactly. I know, um, no, we're we're not adversaries. Let's put it that. You've got kids, millennials, etc., uh, some of whom are working in the in the White House in junior positions, who have never seen a full fledged, long lasting prosperity. Honestly, they don't know what I'm talking about. They must think it's about to roll over to every minute, every minute. I mean, they just won't believe it. It's not that they're cynics. They've just never seen it. We haven't had one in 20 years. Okay, you and I professionally grew up. Maybe I I was through the stagflationary 70s, but the 80s and 90s uh, under both parties were fabulous prosperities. And to me, that's the game. You, you, You go into these things. That's what you want to do. Do whatever you believe is best to generate a long, live prosperity. You know, there's 155 million Americans working. I believe we can get that up to 160 million or even better. Um, we haven't had any productivity. I believe we can do that uh, through taxes and regulation. That's why you do these things. In other words, you want to leave it better than you got it. All
3: right, there you have it. That's Larry Kudrow talking about the economy. And a couple of quarters of four plus, maybe more maybe more in a baseline of uh you know 3 plus and everybody says you'll never do 3 that's the naysayers we've been hearing for so long if you get the the you know all of the regulatory agencies from beating up our businesses and I'm not saying you let them be wanting polluters or anything like that you don't have to worry about that you can have the necessary laws to keep your your uh, air clean and things of that nature. But you've got to do things that need to be done regulatory and not just because they're things that you want to do because you've got some kind of a ideological thought going on. Uh, that's not what you want to do. You want to help businesses, not hinder businesses. We need to help businesses more in this in the state of Arkansas. We need the governor to do more, and the legislature to do more to continue businesses growing. Look at Caterpillar. You've been noticing the big billboards up for Caterpillar? You seen them, Zach? Yeah. Wouldn't you like to see about five, six, eight more companies be putting up those kind of billboards saying they need people for these jobs and that jobs and those jobs? I'm going to tell you what, those jobs over at Caterpillar, are paying close probably maybe to $20, $22 an hour. You make a good living and raise your family on that type of a paycheck. But uh, I'm sure they came here because of some changes that are slowly being made here in this state, and the state needs to make more changes and more rapidly than they're making the changes. That's why I'm excited maybe we'll get – you know, I'm hoping I live long enough to see, uh, you know, Tim Griffin get in as governor of the state, start making some big changes quickly. Instead of dragging our feet because we're scared, you can't be scared. Fear is from the devil, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, you don't you don't go into any of those positions and be afraidy cat. You go in and you be strong and. And you move forward. All right, don't forget about uh, D- David Lucas. He wants you to know that claiming your Social Security benefits is uh, changing, has been changing, changed at the beginning of this year. The government changes the, uh, how to claim your benefits uh, every year. These new rules have gone into effect. Your decision about claiming your benefits. Uh, If you don't do it right, it can cost you tens of thousands of dollars over the lifetime of your Social Security benefits. Higher taxes, increased Medicare premiums. So you'll want to get the facts and an updated 2018 Guide to Social Security from David Lucas of The David Lucas Show right here at 101.1 FM, The Answer. Uh, This simple and easy-to-read guide is packed full of up-to-date information uh, for this year, 2018, because they're going to change the rules every year, remember, so... Next year, you'll be looking for 2019. Uh, and these can help you avoid losing that tens of thousands of dollars in lifetime Social Security benefits that are rightfully yours. So uh, get your free 2018 Guide to Social Security. Just call 501-653-6690. That's 501-653-6690. That's 501 653 6690, and tell them Dave Ellswick told you to call. All right, quick uh, breaking story just coming down. The California Supreme Court has struck down uh, the uh, vote uh, that was supposed to be happening in November about splitting the state up into three pieces. I don't know if that means they can take this to the Supreme Court or not, but that's what we've got right now is that they have said that they're uh, not going to let it be on the ballot. That's, uh, we'll talk about that and other stuff as we continue on here on the Wednesday edition of the Dave Ellswick Show. Let's find out. Maybe we'll have something more right now. All right, back with you on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, let's look at a few other things that have, have been going down over the last uh, few days. Of course, a lot of things... Uh, Donald Trump being attacked from both uh, the Democrats and even you know the never the never Trumpers uh, in the Republican Party. By the way, that's pretty cool uh, information. That Charlotte, North Carolina, is where the uh, next um, Republican National Convention is going to be held. Uh, I look forward to that. I've, I've, we're already planning on being at the next. Uh, uh, convention and broadcasting live from there for the week so uh, know that uh, when big things are happening we tend to try to be there uh, in September I'll be back in DC uh, for a couple of days of broadcast on a Wednesday and a Thursday I'll be traveling there on a Tuesday and coming back on a Friday but I'll be at the hold their feet to the fire uh, summit uh, and more radio stations going this year on the twelfth year of the summit, in which I've been at ever since the first one, uh, broadcasting about uh, immigration, talking about all the different uh, areas, uh, about legal, illegal, uh, DACA, all the rest, and uh, and talk about it, giving you all the information you need to know about. You know, are we getting the truth? Are they really going to build a wall and all the rest? So stuff that we'll talk about uh, in September seems like 5th and 6th is what I'm thinking was the day, the two days it's happening. Uh, For next year, we're already, we're shooting for, of course, being at CPAC. And we're also looking and trying to get to the shot show this year. It's been about for for almost five years now, maybe five years since we've been at the SHOT Show, uh, we'll try to get it. If you happen to belong to a business that would, uh, you know, uh, gain a lot of notoriety and, uh, and good feelings from uh, the listeners by being an advertiser, we, uh, we if you just get a hold of me at Dave at SalemLR.com. Be happy to talk to you about it. Uh, I think you'd you'd be excited that it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg to do it, but you'll get a lot out of it. I'll tell you that. And so, um, I've already talked to Ed Monk. He'd, he's he's uh, he was going, so uh, we'll probably have him on each day as well with us on the show. All right. So, the the president set some people off today. And it was some people over there in the wonderful world of, of NATO. Because uh, NATO is looking for that massively uh, armed country of Montenegro to be a member of NATO. And the president was asked uh, if U.S. soldiers should be out there defending Montenegro from an invasion. And uh, this is cut number four. And this is what the president said to that question. So
1: membership in NATO obligates the members to defend any other member that's attacked. So let's say Montenegro, which joined last year, is attacked. Why should my son go to Montenegro to defend it from attack?
6: I understand what you're saying. I've asked the same question. You know, uh, Montenegro is a tiny country with very strong people.
1: Yeah, I'm not against Montenegro.
6: Or Albania. No, by the way, they're very strong people. They're very aggressive people. They may get aggressive. And congratulations, you're in World War III. Now, uh, I understand that, the, but that's the way it was set up. Don't forget, I just got here a little more than a year and a half ago. Right. But I took over uh, the conversation three or four days ago, and I said, you have to pay, you have to pay. And the Secretary General said that because of President Trump, last year we had an additional 44 billion, with a B, billion dollars raised for NATO. And this year, it's going to be much more than that. And the countries all agreed it was very unfair. They weren't paying, so we're not only are we paying for most of it, but they weren't even paying, and we're protecting them. Add that to your little equation on Montenegro.
3: There you go. He's he is just not. Uh, how shall we put it? His president's not taken his uh, finger out of the eye of NATO. I mean, I think as as a country, we have to decide. Uh, I have I think NATO has proven itself a, a valuable uh consortium of countries uh protecting Europe uh, from uh, from Russia. Uh because that's why it was put together after World War II. Well, somehow during the t- time from when it was put together and all the countries were working very diligently together and putting their money in and making sure they were uh, a good uh, uh, militarily-backed group that had the necessary armaments and things to defend Europe and that we weren't going to be the only people uh, in the group that paid for what was going on, somehow that has moved to, We are the only group that's paying the majority of how much everything is costing, kind of like the U.N. And, uh, you know, they want us to spend our treasure and our, you know, our our biggest treasure is the blood of our men and women who serve in the military. We want they want us to uh, put our people on the front lines but they don't want to do anything to to help. Well, this has got to be, you know, 50-50, or in fact, it should be a, a larger than 50% uh, move on, I think, the 14 countries of NATO uh, to protect their own countries. We shouldn't be the one that is carrying the load. And uh, most of the responsibility for Keeping their countries free, they should be willing to to spend the money as well uh, to protect their own nations, and that's what the president has been has been saying it uh, and saying about it. He also was talking about uh, you know uh, the president of of Germany, and uh, that's Merkel and what was going on uh, with her. And so, I, you know, I think it's important to understand what was going on uh, as far as that's concerned. So uh, let's hear what the, uh, the president had to say, uh, talking about An- uh, Angela Merkel uh, over in Germany, and that's cut number three.
1: Having met with, talked to, watched carefully, Angela Merkel in Germany, Vladimir Putin in Russia... Who do you think, from the perspective of their countries, does a better job representing the interest again of their countries?
6: So, uh, Angela was a superstar until she allowed millions of people to come into Germany. That really hurt her badly, as you know. Uh, She was unbeatable in any election. She allowed millions of people to come in. And when they came into Germany, they passed everywhere else, and they went to lots of other countries, although Hungary would not take any and a lot of people wouldn't but what happened is it was the great migration and obviously it's hurt angela very much so i don't want to say who's better who's not better but i will say this uh, she's been very badly hurt by immigration very very badly hurt.
7: all
3: right you know it's what i like about the president everybody wants whoever's president or it has been this way at one time we like straight talkers like harry truman and things of that nature uh, Kennedy at times was a straight talker, uh, but others have not been, you know, they, they beat around the bush. And as we've gone on from uh, that time in the, in the, the late forties into partial uh, time of the fifties with, uh, Eisenhower, people like that, uh, you, you, you got somebody who said what they believed. Uh, and and they they stated it. Now you do anything but state it. And Trump is kind of a throwback to the old times, of saying what he believes, what he thinks can be a problem or is a success. And I I think that what he said about uh, as he said Angela uh, Merkel, I always thought it was Angela, but you know maybe the the German pronunciation is Angela. I don't know. Uh, said that she took herself out of superstar status and brought herself way down to to earth because of her immigration policy. And you got to agree with that. We've all seen the problems that they've had over in, uh, in Europe by letting all of the, the immigrants flood into to Europe. Uh, they have had uh, a huge rise in, in rape and all kinds of things. Does that mean I'm calling every immigrant a rapist? No, I'm just saying a lot of them came in though, didn't know how to act around the uh, the um, uh, um, uh, you know women in their country. All right, so let's look at uh, the president also. Uh, took on a, a question about our Americans uh, intelligence agencies uh, NSA, the CIA and uh, this is cut number six and what he had to say about that.
6: Thank you everybody yesterday I returned from a trip from Europe where I met with leaders from across the region to seek a more peaceful future for the United States. We're working very hard with our allies and all over the world we're working. We're going to have peace. That's what we want. That's what we're going to have. I say peace through strength. I have helped the NATO alliance greatly by increasing defense contributions from our NATO allies by over $44 billion. And uh, Secretary Saltenberg was fantastic. As you know, he reported that they've never had an increase like this in their history, and NATO was actually going down as opposed to going up. And I increased it by my meeting last year, $44 billion. And this year will be over. It'll be hundreds of billions of dollars over the coming years. And I think there's great unity with NATO. Uh, There's uh, a lot of very positive things happening. There's a great spirit that we didn't have before, and there's a lot of money that they're putting up. They weren't paying their bills on time, and now they're doing that. And uh, I want to just say thank you very much to Secretary Stoltenberg. He really has been terrific. So we had a tremendous success. I also had meetings with Prime Minister May on the range of issues uh, concerning our special relationship, and that's between the United Kingdom and ourselves. We met with the Queen, who is absolutely a terrific person, where she reviewed her honor guard for the first time in 70 years, they tell me. Uh, We walked in front of the honor guard, and uh, that was uh, very uh, inspiring to see and be with her, And I think uh, the relationship, I can truly say, is a good one. But she was uh, very, very inspiring indeed. Most recently, I returned from Helsinki, Finland, uh, and I was going to give a news conference over the next couple of days about the tremendous success, because as successful as NATO was, I think this was our most successful visit. And that had to do, as you know, with Russia, I met with Russian President Vladimir Putin in an attempt to tackle some of the most pressing issues facing humanity. We have never been in a worse relationship with Russia than we are as of a few days ago. And I think that's gotten substantially better. And I think it has the possibility of getting much better. And I used to talk about this during the campaign. Getting along with Russia would be a good thing. Getting along with China would be a good thing. Not a bad thing, a good thing. In fact, a very good thing. We're nuclear powers, great nuclear powers. Russia and us have 90% of the nuclear weapons. So I've always felt getting along is a positive thing and not just for that reason. I entered the meeting with the firm conviction that diplomacy and engagement is better than hostility and conflict, and I feel that with everybody. Uh, We have 29 members in NATO, as an example, and I have great relationships, or at least very good relationships, with everybody. Uh, The press covered it quite inaccurately. They said I insulted people. Well, it's asking for people to pay up money that they are supposed to pay. Uh, is insulting, maybe I did, but I can tell you, when I left, everybody was thrilled, and uh, that's the way this was, too. My meeting with President Putin was uh, really interesting in so many different ways, because we haven't had relationships with Russia for a long time, and we started. Let me begin by saying that, uh, once again, the full faith and support for America's intelligence agencies I have a full faith in our intelligence agencies whoops they just turned off the light that must be the intelligence agencies there it goes okay you guys okay that was strange but that's okay so I'll begin by stating that I have full faith and support for America's great intelligence agencies always had And I have felt very strongly that while Russia's actions had no impact at all on the outcome of the election, let me be totally clear in saying that, and I've said this many times, I accept our intelligence community's conclusion that Russia's meddling in the 2016 election took place. Could be other people also.
3: There's a lot of people out there. All right, Sonny's Auto Salvage, ready to help you. They're the number one choice for recycled auto parts. Uh, You don't have to buy everything new, especially if the car you're working on is like mine and you got like 370,000 miles on it, and I don't want to put brand new parts on it. I'll go through Sonny's and get myself a three-year parts and labor warranty on it and unlimited mileage, and... If something goes wrong, they'll fix it. That's fine with me. I I just want to drive my wheels on my car until they fall off. This is probably one of the best ways of doing it. I mean, a lot of people use the sunnies. I mean, Joe uses them. Duck uses them. Gary Henry's sitting in. You, you use them, don't you? Yes, I do. Okay. So everybody uses them. I mean, know how to do it. In fact, we were talking about you yesterday on the air. Really? We were. And... uh uh, R.D. said that uh, if you do the installation, he'll still give the three-year parts and labor and unlimited mileage on the parts that you're using to repair people's cars. That's a pretty cool thing that he does. That's pretty good. He backs it. He says, oh, I like the way R.D. talks. He just kind of a nondescript kind of answer. And he goes, he's a good guy. <laughs> That's what he says about it. <laughs> you're a good guy you know what you're doing so I don't have any problem with backing up his work at all he says no there are some people that I wouldn't do that with Right. so he knows who's doing it right and who's doing it <laughs> wrong so uh, if you need like an engine I've gotten an engine from them I've gotten a transmission from them for a, a 2009 I got uh, just know that Sonny's Auto Salvage uh, will get it for you Nine eight two seventy four fifty one is uh, the phone number. Okay, Zach, I need you to tell me, Is can I get cut number five in before we're out of time? We can. Okay. So we don't have to start it off with uh, Gary in the next hour because Joe and Duck are both out. They're on vacation. Uh, so let's hear what Trump had to say, why the Democrats are pushing for getting rid of ICE and strong borders.
1: Why do you think so many political and cultural leaders in the United States disagree with you and are making the case that borders are themselves immoral?
6: It's incredible. I mean, the Democrats are for open borders, which means crime. It's it's not a question of like, you know, what do you think it means? Open borders means crime. And uh, you look at uh, MS-13 is pouring in and we stop them better than anybody else could. But when they get through and then we send ice because ice is tougher than they are. And now I understand there's a big move to try and get rid of ICE. But MS-13, these are tough, vicious people. They don't like guns. They like using knives better because it's more painful. These are vicious people. And you you know the story. You cover it plenty. And ICE goes in and they get them out. They get them out. They put them in jail or they throw them out of the country and they don't even think about it. And now there's a move on to get rid of ICE because ICE is tough. If you don't have tough people doing that job, you're going to have crime like you've never seen it. So uh, it, it is incredible. The Democrats want open borders, which is basically saying we want open borders. We want crime. Why
1: do you think they want that? Uh,
6: maybe it's a political philosophy that they grew up with. Maybe they learned it at school. Maybe they're fools. I don't know.
3: <laughs> yeah, I like that. Maybe they're fools. I think that I fall on the ladder on that not on the ladder l-a-d-d-e-r i'm talking about ladder of l-a-t-t-e-r i think they're fools
8: they're buying votes they're that's their how they get elected in my opinion i'm not real big on politics but they let them all in well if they you don't have to have voter id to vote well all of them folks can vote the democrats in because the democrats
3: is going to give all in my and your tax dollars to them so they don't have to work well i got I saw on Twitter today, my Twitter account, all these Democrats or trolls or whoever they were going off on, the Democrats don't want uh, to get rid of ICE, and so I just sent out a quick retweet, uh, an answer to a tweet, and I said, and which party was running a bill just this week to get rid of ICE? It wasn't the Republicans, and I just said, nobody. Crickets coming back, nobody wanted to talk about that. They put it up it didn't it, They didn't have enough to get it uh, brought out to the floor. So just know they do want open borders. they don't want the wall, and they want to the scrap ice. Just know that that's all true. All right, we'll come back uh, like I told you, Joe and Duck are not here, but Gary Henry is here. We can talk with him. You got car questions eight two three oh nine six five. All right, we move into the four o'clock hour, and on a Wednesday that means uh, Joe and Duck are here, unless they're both on vacation at the same time, and that's exactly what the problem is today. They're not here today. Not here. I was talking. Yeah, I was talking to, and I I got to give Duck all the credit in the world, uh, Gary. I was talking to him, and he said that he and his wife have been married for forty two years, and they have never taken a vacation longer than five working days i've not taken a vacation zero really you haven't you haven't left for a whole week
8: no 12 i've been in business well december's 10 years and i haven't taken not one vacation not one maybe three a three-day weekend when it fell just right but i have it i have it taken off a week the wife
3: wants to but just hadn't done it so forty two years of marriage for Duck never has gone on a vacation longer than a week. Hopefully he doesn't go crazy and kill his wife. Because they're they're leaving for for three weeks. I mean, you know, do you think that they can handle this? That's gonna be different. Three weeks together.
8: And then he'll be stressed out, worried, is the is my place gonna be there when I get back? Yep. Not that Russell can't handle it but that's just what that's just what we do I, yeah. my place is in some reasonably capable hands but still it, it's
3: not you it, it's not me that's my baby yeah and, and it's not me there yeah i i i agree when i was a program director at some different radio stations i i saw the radio station as being mine right because it was my responsibility to make sure everything ran right and i had a rule that if I went on vacation, the person who was number two in charge, the assistant program director, had to call me in the morning. And I was at a time that I knew that I'd be up because I'm going to sleep in a little bit, of course. And I want to know anything that went wrong. Anything. Didn't matter how small, I want to know about it. And, you know, the reason I want to know about it is if the the general manager is my boss and if he calls me up and says, "Elswick, why did something, something, something happen?" I know what he's talking about, right? Because if if he catches me unawares, it makes me look bad. Well, I'd be the you same way. Me, well,
8: I, I still I still got to know everything, and I would struggle even on the days that I'm not there. I got to be in contact. I need to know everything's okay.
3: Yeah, yeah, I can understand that. I'm, I'm just that's just the way it is. Because you've become a very successful businessman. Did you say you've only been in business 10 years? For myself, December's 10 years. Yeah, I'm just thinking that's an amazing, amazing thing. Because you ask people about who does a uh, good job on transmissions. Your name always is in the discussion. Well, I've been in town
8: right at 20. I mean, I worked for another man for 10 years running his business before i went into business for myself so seen a lot of people met a lot of people and so that's why my name's going to come up a lot is because just 10 years for myself but right at 20
3: years for working here in the town that's incredible that's really good do you have a lot of companies that are there in the town that if they have transmission problems you are the man they come see i'm very fortunate i'm very fortunate i sure do um got some that no matter what
8: kind of problems they have they come see me so that's i'm blessed can't complain about a shortage of work so i've got all the work my men can do at the moment
3: all right so let me tell you that uh um you know gary's uh you know mid mid state transmission uh does more than just transmissions he's a full service Garage, yes. Just got new alignment equipment. Oh, did equipment. you really? Yes, got it. Put, you, get, the, you get that same stuff that Joe has, uh, pretty the, much the high
8: end per, stuff. Yes, I didn't. I went in ninety thousand dollars worth. Woo! So they're putting the roof on my expansion project today. Hopefully, be done tomorrow. So when it's all said and done, I have nineteen
3: lifts, thirteen employees fantastic how many did you how many employees you start off with oh me and my brother two of you two of us okay so over 10 years you've added 11 people yes i remember when there wasn't as many people over there i came over several times i've done remotes at your facility i remember sitting at the edge of the garage and doing it and i think at that time you maybe had six guys right
8: we i was very fortunate i got to start up pretty good right out of the gate i i I took off uh when people found out i was in business for myself we had a lot of business just when we got kicked off kind of like duck you know he didn't have to start and scratch and build build business we both kind of opened up and had businesses when we started it seems like
3: okay not not i'm not being mean here i'm just asking a a a real question because i've asked duck this on the air too the company that you worked for, that you were running it for somebody else, you made it really successful, didn't you? Yes. That's what Duck did. Yes, I did. Right? Duck. Joe, I can tell you, is the reason Duck is in business by himself, on his own now. He talked Duck into going out on his own. And what Duck did with the business that he had been with, he should have gone out on his own. He was highly successful there. People came to see him, not... Other people that were there at that business, right?
8: That that was happening. My circumstances was a little different than his, but looking back, it was a tough thing to do. But I'm glad it happened.
3: Well, you were in a position, and so was Doc, that you were fairly comfortable, probably where you were at. And it's always a a chance. You're always taking a risk when you give up where you know you're comfortable at you're making the money you kind of want to make but then you say well if i can help them make that much money here what can i do it on my own true true i just
8: got shoved into it i didn't have a choice oh really yeah i did i didn't mine was a completely different deal than that looking and like well i'm making a bunch of money i'm gonna go do this for myself mine didn't exactly go down that way oh okay so (laughs) mine was a completely different deal mine was like you know sink or swim don't have a job tomorrow yeah that's what i'm saying yeah you don't have a job now right so um, i'm like okay and so
3: what am i going to do now well well knew what i was going to do keep on doing what i'm doing knew what i was going to do the most
8: difficult thing is is finding a place to do business it's a it's a tough
3: thing and you put everything you got on the line to do it were you a little bit nervous this has turned into an interesting segment today on on the show. It Really has. Been, I like doing this because people get to hear what businesses and businessmen go go through. Uh, you're you're kind of out in a place where you're away from people. Yes. your location. You, yeah. Were you were you a little bit nervous about that? Opening a- up in that place? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I was because
8: I'm like, how's people ever going to find me? but i was fortunate that i had one customer that called me at home because they wasn't happy with the place after i left and they're like listen you open up we'll bring you everything i'm like okay wow and so they did what they said they would do kind of got me up and going and the rest is just history you know we've just you build
3: on great surface
8: you know that's the only way you build
3: Getting started,
8: you know, getting started, gee, you rent or lease a place. Then to purchase something is tough. Um, You mortgage everything you got generally Mm -hmm. to go in debt enough so it's yours. right? And that's what I did. You know, you put everything you got on the
3: line to take the chance. Okay, so when you first started, how many buildings did you have? One. One. Yeah, I I remember the, the one that you had. Just the one is what I had. And so we
8: leased it, got up and going with four lifts. I just kind of went for broke right out of the gate, four lifts up and going, and that way we could do enough to be successful. Okay. So we was in business a year. Uh, the guy who owned the property sold it to another guy, but thank goodness I knew him, and <laughs> and he and I worked out a deal. To so I just finally purchased the property. As Soon as I purchased it. I built another building, added on, that was slightly bigger than the first building I had. So we've done that, and now then we're adding again. So I'm going to have almost 15,000 square foot wow. of workspace here in another week. Oh,
3: you you got more coming. Yes,
8: they're, they're roofing it right now if it's not raining. They was working on the roof when I left.
3: I know, I, I know I've been over there, and you you had all that new space that you were basically working on where you work on transmissions and stuff. Yes. That was very cool walking through there, and all the transmissions on work tables being broke down, and you got, your guys were working on them and things. So this new uh, section that you're going to have that you're topping it off now, get it done this week at least, what are you going to do in there? Is that going to be all your working on the front ends and stuff
8: that's actually going to be my transmission man is going to move there oh okay you're moving people around moving people around that's moving there then i'm wanting to kind of remodel where they're working at now bring it back bring it up to where i want it and that's will be used for whatever it needs to be used for whether it's rebuild a front end mountain balance tires if we just got an overflow of transmission business it'll be used for that a place to change engines out in vehicles so not a specific thing just it's kind of like employees it's whatever i need okay that's what i need
3: did you hear me well i know that sometimes you listen to the show a lot of times you can't because you are busy 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 i mean i had to go through i want seven people to get to you today no i'm just kidding (laughs) i got one person and then you picked up but uh is is uh transmission work your bread and butter that's what we want to do
8: it, it is um we're doing as much general repair as we are transmission work i think we are anyway uh it's really close nowadays and and it's all tied together and with the crew i have they're very capable so
3: i don't know it just works out for me dave well, to, to do it all it's a great story i mean i'm just this is a great story i, w- I want people to know about this how difficult is it? I know that you've got guys that have been working with you from probably the very beginning. I know your brother has. Uh, you know, what about finding new technicians? I'm always trying to talk young people into understanding. There's there are jobs out there. You end up getting grease under your fingernails, but I, you make you make a good living at it. Absolutely, and finding
8: new employees is is a very tough thing to do. I've got one young man that we're trying to train. He's been to school, but zero experience, mm-hmm. and so he come out from behind a cash register with just a handful of tools, and we're letting him see what it's like. You know, if it is it going to work? Too soon to know whether right. whether he's going to like it or you know he's ever going to comprehend and be good at what I need done. But uh, the work is out there for people if they don't mind working and a skill working on cars there's always going to be a demand for it but people need to learn electricity they need to learn how to diagnose electricity it stuff too yes that's the what we do is changing and anybody i say anybody most people can change a part but Mm -hmm. they got to be able to figure out what's wrong with the car that's where the key is and those are the people worth the money
3: okay so we got we got a few minutes uh let me ask you one more uh, question then we'll take a break and that is a lot of people think if you get a a code reader that you, you you'll you know exactly what's wrong with your car and all you had to do then is change out parts that's not the way it is that's not the way it is for instance um we had a
8: vehicle come in with a pressure control solenoid didn't have second gear well Most people that got a code for a pressure control solenoid, what would they do? Change the pressure control solenoid. I drove the vehicle, no second gear. Um, We went to looking at the vehicle. The The engine had been changed out. Long story short, the band adjustment bolt for the band for second gear had backed out, tightened it back up, filled it full of fluid, drove it. Transmission works great. No need to put a solenoid on it so just because it throws a code for a particular cylinder doesn't mean that part's bad these little gimmicks on tv that stuff's just to sell people stuff yeah it's not going to
3: fix their car not going to tell them what's wrong with the car you remember that one that was running for a couple of years you plug it in your in your uh your cigarette lighter basically and it oh. would tell you before okay. you started moving out of the driveway it told you whether it was good to drive or not
8: oh yeah oh yeah that stuff there no they don't want the i forget what the latest one is i don't pay a whole lot of attention to that stuff but that stuff's gimmicks that's all it is it's just made to sell it's not going to do anything for anybody other
3: than take their money does it drive you crazy when somebody comes in still today and they give you a readout that they got at a some other parts store besides bumper to bumper and they give it to you and say could you uh, take care of doing this and you try to explain them just because it says it's an oxygen sensor it may not be the oxygen sensor doesn't bother me i'm used to it so it's like if this is the code we'll be
8: happy we'll be happy to look at it yeah and we'll go from there but i'm not just hanging apart because the a part store said this is the code and this is what's wrong with it but two of them part stores i've talked to them they just merely tell people listen this is the code you need to take it and have it checked and then even tell on there generally, um what the case is you know you should have it checked but people's got a misconception they just don't listen to the last bit of the conversation and so it costs them money they're yeah. not telling how many parts has been put it's, on cars they didn't need
3: that's simply not, because of that first of all the plug in the reader is not free no you got to pay to do that right and then they're not chasing down to make sure the oxygen sensor is what's failing It could be something that feeds through the oxygen sensor that's failing. Does it have any power? Is the ground any good? Is the computer bad? Broke wire? Do we have a rat chewed a wire into? Mm -hmm. All of those things are possibilities. All right. So tell us why you like Bumper to Bumper. You're a Bumper to Bumper Certified Service Center. You all have your own show on Saturdays. Yes. uh, The Car and Truck Doctors. What is it about Bumper to Bumper that that, uh, can you know convinced you to become part of that certified service center business i'll just tell you they're on my team dave they're they're corporates not making
8: deals to sell parts to people that don't install them for less money than they sell them to me for mm-hmm. their, their parts are good i like the way they do business you know and that's important to me i kind of got a little ethical feelings about that and so they take good care of me in my part of the world i know. Mike and Dickie and them guys down at Evans give me good service. They go do whatever it takes to get me took care of. You know, all the stuff they sell is not made in China. And so all in all just a good it's a good good people to do business with. Sure mm-hmm. is. That's mm-hmm. that's
3: why I chose to go with them. Let's get two years uh parts and labor and twenty four thousand miles you know, guarantee They they back stuff up, so they take care of it, you
8: know. Which, ever, which kind of everybody has to do that. But I like the way they do things, and it's not very often we have an issue, but if you do, it's not an issue because it's took care of. Yeah. It doesn't get any better than that, Dave.
3: That's cool about Bumper to Bumper. Yes. It really is. They
8: really take care of
3: us. Yeah, they do. I know I know that for a fact. Every one of you tell me that. Yes. So I know it doesn't get happen. any better because over the years we've tried them all. Now you're talking about, you know, you you got ethical concerns to make sure you, people are being treated right. Yes. You're like most people. You like to lay your head down at night to go to sleep, and you sleep a lot better if you're not screwing people. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Exactly. Sure do. Yeah. You, know, you don't feel guilty. Now some people don't. I'll be honest. But well, you some know, don't people, worry about
8: people. Some about people look at it like or, you know they're
3: sleeping just fine on the pillow
8: stuffed full of hundreds. Yeah you know I've, I've talked to one of the two of them people in my yeah. life you know they they sleep just fine doesn't doesn't bother them a bit i'm just not made that way
3: well and i, I tick. i'm typically not going to be their friend because you just wonder when they're going to take advantage of you you watch your back yeah you watch back yeah <laughs> all right we'll be back got to get our first break in here on this edition this uh, hour of the dave ellswick show The lefties are talking insanity. I'm just telling you, they're talking insanity. Coming up at 5 o'clock, because we're getting close to news right now uh, at the bottom of the hour, we're going to have George Gilder on. He's got a new book out called Life After Google, The Fall of Big Data and the Rise of the Blockchain Economy. What does that all mean? You'll find out right after uh, 5 o'clock news here on the Dave Ellswick Show. You won't want to go anywhere. You'll want to know what that all means. 25 minutes until five o'clock. Again, don't forget that uh, we're going to talk to George Gilder, and uh, he's going to talk about his brand new book called "Life After Google: The Fall of Big Data and the Rise of uh, Blockchain Economy." I don't know if you saw the article articles that broke over the last couple of weeks that Google is being um, punished by the EU for five billion dollars that's a lot of money dave you better believe that's a lot of money more money i'll see in a lifetime where's that money go i wonder yeah it goes to the different countries it would be probably, it's going to be kind of, i think of things like that as being like big tobacco yeah. when they get caught doing stuff and uh everybody sued them and they had to pay all the states you know that money that's what's happening uh here it's Really uh, an amazing story of how much that's going to cost Google, though. They're going to be, they got to make that up. I don't know where they're going to make it up, but, Uh you know, who's going to, you know, how long is Google going to be around? That's what this book is all about. You know, right now, they're the big cheese. Right. They may not be the big cheese much longer. A lot of people asking about all the, the big data because everybody should be asking this. How much of you are they selling to companies? That use the internet.
8: Oh, everything they can.
3: There you go. Get away with it. Yeah, and uh, because you read those disclosures that you got to sign, I suggest you at least peruse them because it'll blow you away of how much about y- your life they're given to other people there is no privacy i'm just telling you when you, you that.
8: search something on the internet three days later you get pops up of those kind of
3: products it's oh. keeping up with what you're looking for it's worse than that now your smartphone yeah sitting there never turns itself off what it goes into the phone it it's looking for certain words and it stores those words so that when you turn it on now and and you open it up it uh, drops google all of that information and they send that out to all the companies at once and that's why within many times now in 20 minutes you'll start seeing commercials or ads on your uh, your smartphone hmm. it's listening to you how's that one that makes you feel good doesn't See, i'm it? wondering about the, <laughs> i'm wondering about alexa well, it's the same thing. It does the same thing. It listens all the time because the 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 algorithm listens to the things that you're saying and it stores words and phrases. And then it sends it out. People are perusing through all of that and say, "Oh, that guy just said uh uh I don't know, um pizza hut pizza." Well, send him an ad. Yeah. I mean, I always, I started just suddenly began getting ads from Marcos because I like Marcos Pizza, and I started getting ads from them. And I I had not ever bought a, a pizza from them on the internet. Well, now I'm buying them all the time because they're sending me coupons all the time. If you buy it on the internet and come and get it, you'll know, save thirty percent. Well, I ain't no dummy. So I'll take a th- I'll take a thirty percent drop in cost of pizza because cost of pizza's gone up man it ain't the cheap food it used to be
8: man maybe
3: maybe we need to figure out how to get in on this yeah well i'm sure there's ways that you can get information from you have to talk you'd have to talk to somebody from google right i got a google guy yeah i I gotta ask him i got enough
8: i got enough anyway if i i I can't fix everybody's car even though i want to and
3: i'm gonna try really hard i don't know how much more i could really do anyway how are you like joe are you at that position now in duct oh my god duck in in trucks it's amazing are you at that position where you don't have enough room any longer well dave that's why we're building on there you go okay it makes sense <laughs> that's, you, why, just, that's why we're saying. building on we're we're there yeah i mean you you parking cars out there and you know you got to get to them yes that's the other thing about bumper to bumper we should talk about is how fast they can get you to parts pretty fast like it that takes care of fixing the people so you want to get them out so that you can you know get the next customer in they want to get out because they want their car right as fast as they can so it's a win-win situation exactly
8: you know it's this huge warehouse they got up at little rock you know i've been there went through it seen it man do they have loads of parts
3: in that place they had drones in there yet not
8: when i was there okay they I'm might have them now but i'm they,
3: waiting for that they didn't have them when i was there you you've know? heard about that walmart they got drones in there and they it does all of their inventory because they don't have to have what person going up a ladder and down a ladder going to the top and and reading numbers off of the boxes they got yeah. drones that fly through their warehouse and reads all of that and stores it that's pretty cool that's cool it's the jetsons yes <laughs> i don't yeah. know if the if the if if the uh the drone is called george or judy or what i just know that they got plenty of them flying around yeah
8: and there's the old they use robots to package stuff
3: yeah you know wait they don't have to worry about finding labor that way yeah you don't have to worry about being told by the state or no. your city you got to pay him a minimum of 15 dollars an hour right little robot gets out there
8: and works and he's happy yep just yeah. gets it yeah he does whatever you're telling him you to do. Just punch it
3: in, go get it, <laughs> robot, zoom, go and get go and get it. Yep, you got that. And it knows where exactly it's all stored, and it can probably get it faster than a person could do it. Absolutely. That's why all those jobs are going to disappear in the yes. near future. I hadn't figured out a way to get robots to fix cars, though. Well, that probably, it, if there's a lot of intuitive kind of thought process that goes with something, you won't they won't be able to do it. No. No. not not for another 10 or 15 years at least no nope. not until happening. not until they got artificial intelligence really down and i just don't see a a robot being able to get on a creeper and get underneath the car and
8: work on and the it. car will be built by a robot so therefore the yeah. robot they'll build it where they can repair it pull it in come up doors will pop open robots will be able to take whatever apart that's what i feel like that's a, that's probably not going to happen in
3: my lifetime it was it's already starting to happen and i mean i remember to put a, a a bulb into a, a a car for headlight or whatever you had to take this apart that apart and put the bulb in and you closed it up now they make packages and they just kind of drop a package in at times to change the light bulb you don't have to take them apart hmm. that makes sense i mean i i understand the concept of it and that they don't want somebody to put their finger on the bulb and blow it out. And it gets all on it. Yeah, the whole skin wipes it out. A lot of people don't realize how how expensive changing bulbs has gotten to be. Oh, wait! Wait till you get
8: some of your higher end vehicles with high intensity lighting on them. I've heard about you buy Cadillac, Cadillac, some Tahoes. They're like eight hundred dollars a piece. <laughs> bmw
3: if you you called me and said dave you need a new headlight and i go okay what about 45 bucks and you said eight hundred (laughs) dollars yeah the phone would go dead for a while (laughs) you know i've you know i've told some car dealer
8: guys they bring them over like i need the headlight fixed and i call them up and i'm like listen you you better start checking this stuff before you buy it i said it's an 800 hundred dollar headlight do you want it fixed well oh god no (laughs) but this, this this really nice bright lighting it's not cheap no not cheap at all and
3: no, neither is the decorative lighting around the headlight that no. a lot of people well, all, I'm, all I'm, those leds they got all the way around
8: okay. that that's why it's 800 bucks that's going to come all together mm-hmm. as an assembly you unplug it at the back
3: pull out the whole headlight put another one in plug it up there you go yeah and i hear that and you think well that that's good for your end of it maybe for my end of it i look at i just need the bulb i don't need all the bulbs that it's it's really not it.
8: that great on norean because it's not that not much markup in something like that cause right. it's going to be a dealer part minimum markup and it's not failing ever two years so i can i can't sell you a bulb every two years okay so it, some things aren't great for us it costs a lot of money but we're certainly not getting rich off of it
3: is is a reason with the headlights now that they they dim out cuz the, the 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 lens that protects the headlight isn't glass anymore it's plastic it's plastic so it yes. it, it gets opaque is yes. that reason
8: sure gets old brittle tarnishes up dims down but all these headlights it's competition who can have the nicest stuff bright Where they consider it safety you know it's nice to be able to see the wife's new car, you can see. You can see
3: what's on down the road. You sure can. Have you noticed, though, with those um, those really bright lights? I, right now, I've got my car over at Guatney Collision in Jacksonville. They're fixing it because somebody hit my wife in the side mm-hmm. at Walmart. So they just called today, and they said, well, we told you Thursday, but it's going to be Friday, <laughs> and it's going to be three weeks mm-hmm. on Friday. So anyway, um, I'm driving this new 2018 dodge charger or challenger that's my rental they gave me so i'm driving around it and i and i agree low beam man they're great but you turn on the high beam it shoots way up into the trees and everything Mm. just not adjusted
8: properly something's not right there so that's my thoughts anyway because normally i don't know the wife's yukon it's really
3: you can really see driving it well, you can throw on my on my suv my acadia you can really throw a beam out on high yes but on low it's not as good as it used to be and i'm sure it's what you were saying it's getting that opaque right. kind of change so maybe i'll have to talk to joe or duck or you or somebody and find out what it's going to run to yeah just replace the it. had
8: a lot of assemblies
3: yeah and some of those are like i guess for the year i'm talking about are like 80 or 90 bucks most likely Yeah, if that's the case, then you know you just and it's new, it's clear. There you go. All right, we got Joe in Jacksonville wants to talk to us, so let's see what he's up to. Joe, what's up? Hey, man, I got a 2017 GMC Sierra. Okay, fifteen hundred. It's a uh, four wheel drive. I've managed to put forty one thousand miles on it. You drive like I do yeah i do a lot of driving yeah um got the wife a new car as
8: well so we're putting the miles on my truck instead of her car but man when i turn you can be it you can hear it when you're under five miles an hour i think it was because of road noise but whenever i turn left or right you can hear a clicking in the front end and i can't identify where it's coming from what do what do i need to do well from that you're going to have to bring it in if you're in jacksonville you know run it by joe's garage he's probably one of the closest ones um but we're gonna have to drive it to hear the clicking noise but if it's clicking when it's turning you could possibly have a a wheel bearing going bad uh depending on what kind of truck you got you could have even a plastic hubcap or something making noise on it depending on the wheels if you got one of the plastic chrome wheels so to speak they're a steel wheel and they got a plastic cover on them that chrome simulators you could have a problem with that dust shield anything like that be causing them problems you could even have a cv axle starting to go bad mm-hmm. if it's clicking when you. that's you're what shooting. i was thinking so there's numerous possibilities but you're gonna have to bring it in to for anybody to be accurate on figuring the problem out
3: joe do you know where joe's garage is i do i okay. do i've yeah. been there yeah, just call over there and set up a time, and they'll take good care of you. Okay, that's what I needed. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Let's take a break. Got to get our final break in for this hour. Hey, don't forget about uh, B&M Oil. When you're going to get an oil service, uh, uh, find uh, somewhere that has got B&M Oil. They're going to have the right oil for you. I think it's Haviland now that uh, B&M is using. They've reformulated it. It's got all the detergents and everything in it to keep the inside of your uh, your car clean, keep it running. Uh, you make sure that you and I'll and I'll talk about this when we come back. In fact, with uh, with our with our bud here and uh, and Gary can tell you about it. But uh, you got to put the right oil in your car now. It's just absolutely a must. And if you want to get the the mileage out of that engine that uh, you got in that car, don't use anything different than what it was born with i'll use joe's terminology what it was born with and that's in your owner's manual and i don't know if that's on the inside of the door frame or not it's generally on the oil cap it's on the oil cap okay so keep that in mind definitely follow that information It's dave ellswick show back for the final segment in just a moment all right so let's get to the final part of today's show uh in the four o'clock hour Coming back uh, at 5 o'clock, don't forget, we're going to talk to George Gilder and about his new book, Life After Google, The Fall of Big Data and the Rise of the Blockchain Economy. So we'll get into that and and know that uh, we're going to talk about Google, uh, cryptocurrency, and a lot of other technology problems of our day and the stuff that you need to know about because Google is going to get hit with a $5 billion fine from the EU. That, to say $5 billion just blows my mind. And it's because they were collecting data that they told them they weren't collecting.
8: They probably got the $5
3: billion, though. Oh, I'm sure they do. Probably not going to set them back yeah. too bad. I'd like to know what's happened to VW after they screwed those... Those oil tests and all that up, and yeah. they got billions of dollars. They got to pay back. They
8: you know? do, but as people quit talking about it, out of sight, out of mind. So who knows really if anything's ever going to happen?
3: Oh, that's true. Have they decided that they can't talk about it? Oh, I got. I don't <laughs> keep up with it. <laughs> well, let's let's finish up talking about oil again. It's important that you you not. They're not going to tell you to use Havoline or anything like that. They're going to tell you though. Here's the weight. The oil has got to be that you replace the oil you got. Right. Because the weight of the oil dictates a lot of things in your engine. Well, you know, the way the
8: variable valve timing works in these cars, the, the drain back holes to get the oil back down. So there's a lot of things that the engineers had in mind when they designed these engines to use this really lightweight oil. You put heavyweight oil in this stuff, you got problems. Uh, you can actually tear engines up by using uh, oil that's too thick. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's important, you know, whatever brand of oil you choose to run, just make sure you use the right weight of oil.
3: Yeah, and you better use it. uh, We were talking during the break. Uh, I got an Acadia. It's got two timing chains on it. And uh, it's got – I've never heard of a phaser on a car until just the last – i don't know four or five years and i always think of star trek every time i hear that and they said if you put in the wrong weight oil it will screw up the whole timing of the automobile
8: yes because it goes through the solenoids that controls the oil flow to the cam phasers that adjust the timing so if you got too thick of oil in it enough oil can't go through it to adjust the timing correctly
3: that's amazing we used to be i Look, I'm old enough, I remember when you set the timing on your car, you took a white grease pencil, and you make the mark there by the the belt, and you had uh, the gun, Mm -hmm. and you would hold it until you had that white mark matching up exactly at the tab, you didn't have the proper timing on it. Right, yeah you don't do that anymore do you no we hardly
8: <laughs> we hardly ever get the timing light out now it's yeah. almost
3: a tool that's just not used do you guys keep it in a case of yes. you know this is a museum I keep piece it. now <laughs>
8: we, i do keep it it's still a really nice one we took good care
3: of it over the yeah. years
8: but uh very seldom do we use it and get it out
3: it's a strobe light but it's it's uh, the specialty is it hooks up to some different things inside the car and flashes at the right speed Correct. to let you know that the timing is right right it used to drive me crazy because it if you can't get that timing right your car ain't gonna run yeah. like cra- it's gonna run like crap now
8: the computer does it all
3: yeah we don't want to do that so it's
8: you know two engines nowadays they produce way more power they get way better fuel mileage the
3: stuff we've actually got is way better than we had years ago oh i agree i uh, something's happened driving this challenger that i've loved is the challenger they're making now looks like the charger from the 60s the, the charger from now looks like a family car as far as i'm concerned but when you j- ride in it here it feels exactly like the old charger felt it's got that kind of drop in the back end of it right and it goes over a bump or whatever it, it and i was driving because i i owned a charger when i was in college i bought a piece of crap from somebody else and fixed it up myself but the the bottom line was it was really caught me off guard that they had that down that well right we're out of time i appreciate you you coming in buddy i'll see you saturday morning yeah oh that's right you're in aren't we're in me and henry's here saturday morning all right we'll see you then all right let's take a break come back and tell you about google that's coming your way here next on the dave ellswick show All right, final hour. We're trying to reach our guest now. He hopefully will be on this hour. Uh, I don't know if there's been a confusion on the time. I just know that we set up for 5 o'clock at uh, 5 o'clock for um, Central Time. So there shouldn't have been any kind of confusion that I know of. But that's not. To say that there wasn't, it's just the way that, uh, the way it's all uh, going. So anyway, good to be back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, hopefully we'll have George on here in a moment. I'm waiting to get an answer back uh, from uh, uh, Meade to what's, uh, what's happening. So anyway, we'll get back to it at as quickly as we possibly can there were some things that we talked about earlier that i thought that uh, we should hear about again uh here as we move into the five o'clock hour we figure people who tune in at two o'clock are probably not with us at five o'clock just because of the way people typically consume radio uh and some of the things that we talked about was uh, Larry Kudlow talking about economic growth, things that are going on. Uh, um, the president talking about why the Democrats are pushing for uh, scraping uh, and getting rid of uh, ICE, strong borders, and maybe they're just fools, the reason that they're doing it. Uh, and then I, I have this Ocasio Cortez uh, talking about being called a socialist. Well, of course she would she's going to be called a socialist because she's admitted that she's a socialist. She belongs to the, uh, it's a whole thing that somebody is not. uh, When you're a a part of the American socialist party, it means you're a socialist. So people are going to cause you that. So uh, I just got a a number for uh, a call from uh, Timothy um, Timothy Meads, it's, uh, pardon me, an email. Uh, he's tried calling George. He's not answering him either. He's not sure what the problem is. He's going to call him a couple of times more. He's sorry for this. We'll figure out what's going because we set this up uh, about uh, 1 o'clock our time. So it's not like it's been a long time since he talked to the guy, and the guy said, yeah, we want to talk to the guys in, in Little Rock, so. We'll try to get uh, we'll try to get him on. If we can't, then uh, it just it's going to have to be a situation where we're being left out in the cold. And uh, we'll try to get him on here in the future uh, on his whole thing. But at least they got back to me and let me know that he's not answering their their people either, which is typically means we're probably not going to have to guest on. I'll just give you that that uh, that heads up. So let's go back. Let's look at uh, this piece of audio that I have uh, about uh, Trump. And he clarified this whole thing about Helsinki and uh, why uh, he said that uh, there was a problem of of sounding like that he wasn't trusting our uh, national security. And this, this is cut number seven. This is what he had to say.
6: I thought that I made myself very clear by having just reviewed the transcript. Now I have to say, I came back and I said, what is going on, what's the big deal? So I got a transcript I reviewed, it. I actually went out and uh, reviewed a clip of uh, an answer that I gave, and I realized that there is a need for some clarification. It should have been obvious. I thought it would be obvious, but I would like to clarify just in case it wasn't. In a key sentence in my remarks, I said the word would instead of wouldn't. The sentence should have been, I don't see any reason why I wouldn't or why it wouldn't be Russia. So just to repeat it, I said the word would instead of wouldn't. And the sentence should have been, and I thought it would be maybe a little bit unclear on the transcript or unclear on the actual video. The sentence should have been, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be Russia. Sort of a double negative. So you can put that in, and I think that probably clarifies things pretty good by itself.
3: Okay, so that was the president uh, explaining to himself about what happened. You know, a lot of people, the, the the never Trumpers and the haters of Trump are saying, oh, that's not a good enough answer. Well, you know, Senator uh, John Kennedy said he can understand it. Here's what he had to say.
9: actually don't know. You have to judge. judge well, but, but I think I think we have every reason to th- think we do know how he feels about Russia. He's asked about it frequently. He talks about it. Frequently, and we have every reason to believe what he has said in the past about Russian election meddling, which was actually consistent to what he said when he stood next to Vladimir Putin, which is he's not sure if Russia did it or not. The Russians have always told him no. He thinks that Vladimir Putin believes that it didn't happen. And you think the president clarified that statement? Well, John, first, those are your words, not mine. Okay. Let me tell you what I was going to say. Okay. What I was going to say is I've never had a one-on-one conversation with the president about Russia. But here's what I think he thinks about Russia. I think he thinks that Russia did meddle in our election. I think he thinks, and I agree with him, that Russia's meddling did not determine the outcome of the election. I don't know how anybody who is fair-minded can point to a specific activity and say, Yep, that's what tipped the election. Americans have a multitude of reasons for voting as they do. I think he understands the threat from Putin. I do think he wants a better relationship with Russia. I think the world would be safer if we had a better relationship with Russia. What I hope he understands is that. I'll say it again. Trying to reason with Mr. Putin is like trying to hand feed a shark. Logic doesn't work. What? You have to hit him in the face. He did. And say, he, if you do it again, I'm going to hit you in the face twice as hard. That he understands. You, you can't sit here though and tell me that you thought that President Trump hit the shark in the face. No, I just said he looked tentative. He looked off his game. I wasn't certain what he'd said, and uh, I was very thankful yesterday. That he uh, he came back, I didn't know if he'd do it or not, and said, Hey, let me clarify what I meant. And, now, you, and you buy in the, the clarification? The, and you buy do, the clarification that Wood versus warrant you buy the clarifications that it could be other people also. That's enough for you? No, I buy his clarification about what he said at his press conference when people said, Well, he's given in to Russia. I don't think he's given in to Russia, but what I think doesn't matter, and no disrespect, what you think doesn't matter. Mm-hmm what anybody th- uh, thinks based on words doesn't matter people talk a lot in government what actions what actions let's watch what they do
3: all right so that senator was saying what he thought was going down and he's exactly right at the end let's see what the russians do uh the president uh, also said that he thought that the russians probably would still meddle around look Other countries meddling in other countries' elections is a historically known entity for a long time. In the case of the United States, since the 40s, we've meddled in other people's uh, elections. Now, you want to get into an argument about moral equivalency and saying, well, we're doing it to try to bring democracy to... Uh, other countries, you know, a, a republic, uh, d- democratic form of government, and the Russians are trying to bring a communistic uh, form of government. Okay, that's understood, and I understand, I believe that our form of governance uh, is better than uh, the Russians' form of government. But if you meddle, you meddle. So it's, it's that simple. You can try to you know, rationalize it out, which is exactly what people are doing when they say, well, the reason we're doing it is an honorable thing. Uh, We're trying to bring people freedom. Uh, The Russians are trying to uh, gain more power and move the empire forward, so to speak. Well, I'm just saying, if you start rationalizing, it can take you to places you don't want to go, like Chile, in Iran and Guatemala, uh, assassinations and all kinds of stuff. You know, I, I had somebody say, I listened to you the other day and I agree with what you're saying, however, I understand when they said however, then that erased what they had just said. They really think something different. And uh, they were saying, I think that the reason we do it is uh, is, you know, more moral uh, than uh, what the Russians do it for. And I said, well, the last thing the gentleman said to me was, you know, this whole thing, uh, you know, when you're dealing with other other countries and countries that have bad intentions, it uh, gets messy at times. And normally when you say that, it's it's a way to try to, Again, rationalize something that you know is morally repugnant. And uh, I understand that. All right. Before we take our first break, let me play one more piece of... Uh, well, let me just ask Zach. Zach, should I play the long piece with Larry Cudlow, Kud, uh, or should we wait till after the first uh, break? Okay. Let me explain that everything that you know about claiming your Social Security benefits has been turned upside down. New rules for claiming your benefits go into effect for the new uh, year. They started at the beginning of January of this year, and the decisions now that you make claiming your benefits can end up costing you a whole lot more than they did if you made the same decision back in 2017. Uh, It can cost you tens of thousands of dollars over the lifetime of your benefits, higher taxes, increased Medicare premiums. Uh, Get the facts in the updated 2018 Guide to Social Security from David Lucas of the David Lucas Show. Hear that every Saturday here on The Answer, 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. It's a simple and easy-to-read guide that's packed full of up-to-date information for 2018 that can help you avoid losing that money. And that you are rightfully due. So to get the free 2018 Guide to Social Security, here's what I want you to do. You call 501-653-6690. That number again, 501-653-6690. They may be closed right now. Just leave a message, and they'll get the information off your message, and they'll make sure you get a copy of this Guide to Social Security. All right, let's get a break and come back. Got more to listen to here and talk about on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back. Uh, we got about seven minutes to the bottom of the hour. Uh, let's hear what uh, Larry Kudrow had to say about the economic growth of our nation.
2: Thanks of POTUS. Um, for me, it's a great honor. I've known him for a very long time, interviewed him many times on CNBC, on radio. But I kind of look at it, you know. It's not so much a job, it's an honor. Okay. I mean, I served in the White House, OMB, a long time ago, 35 years plus. This is a more senior position. Sure. Um, probably, Jimmy, it's the most fun I've ever had, if you really? want to know the truth. Even though we know, uh, by your own admission, there are various factions within it, oh, yes. uh,
5: and you oh, have yes. to get the president's attention, you have to keep the president's attention, what happens if he ends up not agreeing with you?
2: Um, you know, you win a few and you lose a few in these jobs, like anything else. Um, sometimes you agree with me. Right. Sometimes we didn't agree. You know, look, um, he I will say this. President Trump has been very open, very accessible to me. I see him quite a bit during the day. Lots of meetings. Sometimes you get an afternoon call, come downstairs to talk about one thing or another. Sometimes you're traveling on the airplane. Um, he's just been great. He's open. And in meetings with uh, five or six or eight, who knows, people, uh, he'll go to me. Larry, what do you think? And I tell him. It's my job to tell Even him.
5: Say, Larry, what do you think? We're having a big fight <coughs> with China.
2: Well, you know, it's, um, of course, I like that fight with China. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with all the trade tactics. We'll talk about that some. But my point is um, he really enjoys the back and forth to his credit. Uh, I think he's greatly underrated in that respect. He thinks and processes. He loves facts, figures, charts. Uh, He's very attentive. When he disagrees, he'll let you know and know on certain terms. But look, on the whole, I mean, obviously I helped draft the tax and economic stuff during the campaign I mean we we agree on almost everything and where we don't agree we talk it through and he's been just wide open and accessible to me and I, I just love that and I will say this the great thing about the national uh I mean I'm an assistant to the president national economic council we have our fingers in everything that's what makes this really fun job every darn thing under the sun including stuff Uh, about which I know virtually nothing and I have a Cracker Jack staff uh, to help teach me so except for Kudlow and Kramer Jimmy this is the most fun I've Uh, ever had. uh, I want to bring it back (laughs) to
5: Kudlow and Kramer why we ended up having such a great time is we're both serious optimists serious rigorous optimists and I know Larry you must be thinking the way that Brian Moynihan did the other day when he was on Mad Money. He's talking 4% GDP. Yeah. And we're all confused, and you're the, you're the economist. How do you have a flat yield
2: curve, 4% GDP, and have so many people who are gloomy? You know, it's interesting about all that. It looks like it's 4-ish. Um, I, I, I know nothing more than you know right. at this point, informationally. But um, it could be higher. I'd be thrilled if it was 3+. plus because that was our baseline everybody yelled at me uh, during the campaign after the campaign when I came into this office oh you'll never get three you'll never get three including many dear friends of mine in the Democratic Party who I respect enormously we are getting three and it may be four for a quarter or two it may be plus uh, I don't know but that's all to the good um, you know, literally millions more people are working. I mean, I mean, if if you can't, you go into these jobs. What's the key point? The key point, in my judgment, the best way I can help the country is. Get the economy strong and prosperous. You know, I mean, you've got millennials out there. I'm just going to depart for one second for your question, then I want to come back to your GDP. The old days. Uh, Yes, exactly. Um, Now we're we're not adversaries. Let's put it that you've got kids, millennials, etc., some of whom are working in in the White House in junior positions, who have never seen a full fledged, long lasting prosperity. Honestly. And they, they don't know what I'm talking about. They must think it's about to roll over to every minute. Every minute. I mean, they just won't believe it. It's not that they're cynics. They've just never seen it. We haven't had one in 20 years. OK, you and I professionally grew up. Maybe I, I, I was through the stagflationary 70s, but the 80s and 90s uh, under both parties were fabulous prosperities. And to me, that's the game. You, you, you go into these things. That's what you want to do. Do whatever you believe is best to generate a long, live prosperity. You know, there's 155 million Americans working. I believe we can get that up to 160 million or even better. Um, we haven't had any productivity. I believe we can do that uh, through taxes and regulation. That's why you do these things. In other words, you want to leave it better than you got it. All
3: right. So that was Larry Kudrow talking about the economy. The economy is moving along well. Uh, they're at uh, 4%, hoping to get above that, holding it as a baseline of three to three and a half. So if you do that, uh, there's going to be even more jobs being made and there's going to be higher pay that's going to come down the pike as well. So uh, it's a good time. And, and as he said, the millennials have never seen an economy that is doing well. Have, we haven't seen it in the last 20 years. And that's going back all the way to uh, to George Bush. Oh, Gilders is uh, waiting to talk with us. Okay. Uh, since we're coming up, let me. Hey, George, we're coming up on news. Can, uh, can we get you in the next half hour?
7: Sure thing.
3: Okay. I appreciate it. You hold on. We'll be back to you in, in just a moment. Thank you. I'm, we're really interested in talking about this because uh, I want to know what uh, this new economy measurement that you talk about in your book is, is all about. We'll be back and talk to you in just a moment. Uh, so, good. We're going to have on uh, the guest that I told you was coming on, and we're going to spend uh, about 20, 25 minutes with him and uh, understand this battle between big government and big data and what it means to you. But right now, let's catch up on the news. All right, back with you on the Dave Ellswick Show. Our guest, George Gilder, who has a new book out released yesterday called Life After Google, The Fall of Big Data and the Rise of Blockchain Economy. We're going to talk about that blockchain chain uh, economy here in just a moment. But... Uh, on uh, the Drudge Report, uh, they were reporting on a story, this one, uh, the EU slaps Google with a $5 billion fine. The European Union slapped Google with a 4.34 billion euro, 5 billion U.S., antitrust fine for abusing the dominance of its Android mobile operating system, which is by far the most popular smart phone OS in the world. And uh, George says this is the latest example of big government versus big data. And George, thanks for joining us today. I really appreciate it. We've been telling everybody that you're coming on today. And this the, the this new blockchain economy that you reference here uh, got my attention and tells us that uh, evidently this $5 billion fine that you're seeing, uh, you say life after Google. By that, I will assume that you mean that you think Google's time is coming to an end. Am I right?
7: That's that's correct. That, uh, that Google's time is coming to an end uh, not because uh, the governments of the world see Google as a big money pot from which they can extract huge uh, fines uh, for trivial offenses or the Google's time is coming to an end because of its business plan of giving away free goods and in exchange for data and uh, collecting their payments from advertisers. And that 95% of all Google's uh, income comes from Advertisements, so-called ads, but we all know that most of them are minuses. Uh, people don't really want to see an ad before their YouTube video, or or uh, or before uh, in the course of their searches, uh, be bombarded with various uh, commercials. They uh, uh, that whole model of aggregate data and advertise is coming to an end because of the blockchain, uh, which is this huge uh, new entrepreneurial efflorescence dedicated to giving people back their data, giving people back the control over their identities, giving people back the control over their content, giving people power, uh, on the internet, instead of uh, allowing all the money and power to be sucked up through the top because of the hopeless security disaster which internet current internet architecture represents
3: all right, so let's talk about this whole thing about crypto uh, what was it cryptocosm and and blockchain economy. These are the first times I've heard uh this terminology, so I must not be uh Locked in on what new is coming uh, to to the uh, the internet. Explain to us well, what these
7: the crypti- terms. The 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 is my word for uh, this efflorescence of creativity uh, in uh, launching a new internet architecture. It's just as exciting and promising as the dot com explosion of the late 1990s that produced the first great generation of internet giants like Google and Amazon and even the emergence of Apple in its new form and Facebook and all these companies um, represented the first generation. But uh, they failed to solve the the critical problem of security. They created an internet architecture that was porous to hackers and in which all your personal data uh gets stolen uh millions of passwords and credit card numbers and usernames and pins and uh, data personal data gets stolen every week and in, in uh from the existing internet and uh we need a new internet architecture and it's coming originally with bitcoin bitcoin invented the blockchain essentially and uh, the blockchain gives power to the people it restores control over data and and security to the users of the network rather than only to the advertisers on it
3: okay so can you can you kind of walk us through uh, how this new system uh, is going to work and where they are in developing it and then kind of walk us through what by what you mean blockchain economy what is a
7: blockchain okay. well uh, the blockchain is a ledger it's a, it's a record of transactions in the case of Bitcoin it can be a record of of land titles or property rights, or, or it allows the storage of immutable facts, timestamp facts on the internet. Uh, the, the internet today is, is overwhelmingly devoted to communication, but uh, actually establishing the trust and transactions and security is been left behind, and uh, the blockchain is a new architecture for security, which is based not on uh, having usernames and passwords flow across the internet to giant walled gardens, giant data centers, where they get hacked by uh, thieves and hustlers, Uh, rather all the information is distributed around all the computers in the network and so attacking any one particular database or any one particular computer is useless unless you can ca- capture 52% 51% of all the computers which is virtually impossible so it it, cre- it it's it's a new way of establishing facts on the Internet and security uh, on the Internet.
3: All right. So how far along are we on this and what keeps Google or Facebook or whatever using this old technology from being able to embrace the new technology and just kind of uh, make uh, the move necessary to kind of go from the the, the late 20th century into the mid-21st century, so to speak. Well,
7: the, Google and Facebook have a strategy of free. They give away their product uh, in exchange for the user's data. And if uh, the user's data is no longer flowing up to the data centers of the internet giants but that it it remains under the control of the people on the network then uh, that strategy can no longer succeed Um, by giving away free goods uh, free email free storage free maps free search free solutions uh, they in effect um uh Lack any real price signals. They avoid price signals. They avoid any real uh, relationship with their users. They uh, they uh, really collect all their money through advertising. Okay. And that model that model is is now uh, reaching the end of the line for the big uh, internet powers.
3: So I got to take a break. When I come back, I just got a couple more questions for you. What I'm hearing you say is that Google is going to be the 21st century story of of Sears. I mean, Google is like Sears; they missed
7: or IBM more like IBM. Okay,
3: they they missed the necessary signals of to, how to make the necessary changes. To, to continue forward, and now they're just so slowly, as this new system comes on, they're going to be starved for revenue. Let's talk about that when we come back. Uh, our guest is George Gilder. He's got a new book out. Need to read it. I know I've got my copy that's coming, and I'm going to spend time reading this. It's very uh, interesting what he's saying. Life After Google, The Fall of Big Data – and the rise of the blockchain uh, economy. I also want to talk to him about Bitcoin. Bitcoin has been having problems here recently, uh, but you're saying that it it, it sounds like it's the future. So we'll talk about all of this. When we come back, more interesting information for you here on the Dave Ellswick Show with George Gilder. If you want a career working outdoors, serving your community, then listen up. If you want to make a difference in that community... If you're detail-oriented, you strive to do the right thing, if you want a career with a leading company, you can work with your hands, you like to work outside, then you need to join the PI Roofing team. PI Roofing and Home Solutions is expanding uh, their operations department to better serve their customers as they grow. So you can build your future with them. PI Roofing and Home Solutions as career opportunities in their commercial roofing and service division, residential roofing and service division, home solutions division. And you can make a difference with them. And by making a difference with them, climb their ladder uh, that it leads you to the success you're looking for. What you need to do is apply at PI Roofing. That's one word, piroofing.com or 501 707 five zero one seven zero seven thirty five. Fifty-one. All right, so if you just joined us, George Gilder is our guest. He's the author of a new book. It was just released yesterday, Life After Google, The Fall of Big Data and the Rise of the Block Change or Blockchain Economy. And I got to tell you, George, you're talking about a, a seminal change, an earthquake-like change in the way that the internet is going to be become. And with that in mind, you, you brought up Bitcoin. I've been hearing that Bitcoin is going the way of the dodo bird, but the way that you're talking, it's going to come roaring back. Is that right?
7: Um, Bitcoin uh, started this whole process. Uh, Satoshi Nakamoto invented the blockchain and used the blockchain, to, which is uh distributed ledger of transactions that is immutable and time-stamped from the beginning of its uh, genesis block, as he called it, to the current block, a chain that's mathematically integrated and then distributed all across the network. And this invention of Bitcoin that he used as a currency and As a currency, Bitcoin has some flaws. So I don't think Bitcoin is actually going to be the dominant vehicle of crypto, of the crypto revolution. Uh, Ethereum, which is uh, a rival blockchain, has actually had greater success from some measures. It's launched a new form of, of entrepreneurial finance that it calls the initial crypto uh, offering to uh, redress the terrible collapse of initial public offerings, IPOs, which has blighted the American entrepreneurial landscape in the last 20 years. Uh, IPOs have dropped 90%, and the number of business starts has declined and uh, big companies have, uh, like Google, have bought up their own stock at a rate of billions of dollars a month and bought up the stock of rivals. Any uh, competitor who rises up gets bought uh, in this new economy. And this, this has been uh, bad uh, for, for uh, startups in America and already Ethereum created this blockchain based internet platform for smart contracts that has launched 12 billion dollars worth of of initial coin offerings or initial crypto offerings and funded thousands of new companies that are trying to address all the flaws of the existing internet architecture and also some of the flaws that uh, the particular Bitcoin structure expresses. Bitcoin's been a stunning success. You know, for 10 years, it's proven that blockchains work, Uh, but uh, there have been some limitations in the Bitcoin structure. It's cap on uh, the total number of coins that can be issued. Uh, Various other uh, limitations mean that Bitcoin is not a perfect form of gold, a, a new form of gold that's, that Satoshi thought he was inventing.
2: Hmm.
3: It's interesting because are we going to see Google face their own extinction, so to speak, uh, fairly quickly? I mean, I don't think anyone, I know I haven't, in the, within the last decade, expected to see Sears go away Kmart go away and a whole lot of other large retailers I mean they're disappearing they're going away and yep. and and Sears should have seen it coming considering they had that huge catalog that they use uh, to sell their merchandise and the internet is nothing more than the, the you know the new technology of the catalog
7: yeah Well, that's a good insight. And Google, I don't think, will go away. It's more like IBM, which uh, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, was an utterly dominant force in the information economy. Mm -hmm. And now is a kind of uh, secondary uh, consulting information. Yeah, they're they're
3: an an afterthought. They used to be called Big Blue because they were running over everybody.
7: Yeah. Well, Google's search engines are valuable, and Google has lots of wonderful technologies. I think their business strategy of giving things away for free and thus avoiding the need for security. If you uh, are giving away your products for free, you don't really have to establish a uh, security. Uh, using other people's content, uh, but not really compensating them, they've They have 52% uh, market share of music on the Internet, but they only pay about 12% of royalties. Uh, And uh, sucking up all the money and power to the top of the stack and uh, really uh, leaving their users as kind of forgotten men in the new Internet economy. The blockchain allows the distribution of power all around the network. Mm. The users of the network will control their content, control their identities, control their personal data. And, uh, and this distributed data structure, the blockchain, um, will, uh, will change the balance of power and uh, no longer allow you to just offer this portfolio of free goods and uh, and collect everybody's data and sell it to companies through advertising programs that whole strategy is going to become decreasingly effective as years pass
3: george gilder uh, he's the author of life after google the fall of big data the rise of the Block Change Economy. The book is out now. Get a copy. Uh, Toffler and uh, Future Shock used to talk about how information would be power and would be, you know, the way to make your money. You're hearing some information now. Get a jump on it now because you're going to need to. George, thanks so much for the time. It was great. All right. He's let uh, let us go and we moved on. Uh, here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Good to have George Gilder with us today. Again, name of the book, Life After Google, The Fall of Big Data, The Rise of the Blockchain Economy. Tomorrow, the governor spokesman starts us off, and then uh, we're going to have Congressman French Hill on. Talk with him as well. He's got things that he wants to say about getting rid of ICE. He doesn't think that's a good idea. Didn't think he would. We'll do that tomorrow here on the Dave Ellswick Show.